Welcome to the Division Bell. Welcome to 1994, and we are closing out the fourth chapter of Pink Floyd. 14th episode, and we've been there for every track and every album. And this really is, uh, in a lot of ways, the end of Floyd. If you want to count Endless River or not, I think it's uh, hard to argue that it isn't an afterthought. Um, is it even Floyd at this point? Finally, get some contributions from uh, my favorite, Richard Wright. Uh, but still, uh, a lot of Dave Gilmore. Um, are we getting tired of the Dave era? Anybody missing Roger and his overly enunciated T's? And how much dreamy, spacey synth can we collectively handle? Let's find out. Pink Floyd, Division Bell. What an interesting album. Um, for me, I definitely uh, am excited for this. Uh, we're going to be adding something new this time. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, what we're taking away from each album. Uh, because I'm uh, really trying to get across that we are not critics. We are all musicians, songwriters, um, producers, whatever. You know, we're all creatives, and you know, some of us professionally. And I, you know, I, I definitely, um, you know, want to make that, you know, have this be productive in the sense that, you know, what am I taking away from this work of Pink Floyd at this part in their career, at this part of their story, which is really the end. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, essentially. And get started then the beginning to the end and uh kevin take it away what are your opening thoughts on this episode on this it, uh album yeah i'm gonna make this pretty quick um this has always been somehow this weeded its way into my heart um, i think <laughs> i think mark you kind of did that um just by pointing out a track or two and then i ended up listening to this a lot on bike rides and i haven't said that pretty much since the van halen days of mm. listening to albums on bike rides. so this this grew with that um, as listening to it and kind of my one sentence or kind of statement is that it feels to me like an amalgamation of, of Pink Floyd. I know we don't have Roger, so that's, or, you know, that may be a little bit unfair to say, but I feel like we're pulling from, from some different eras, maybe not heavily, but definitely more than on a momentary lapse and i kind of appreciate that you definitely get a classic pink floyd sense in a lot of these tracks um you definitely get a lot of the new dave sense in a lot of these tracks as well and since i'm a dave fan as you probably heard on the last episode i'm gonna end up rating this album pretty highly it's not without its faults for sure um it does sag in places and um, i'm almost interested to uh, get my hands on an original vinyl because I know some of these tracks are shorter and I kind of wonder what that does to the the how it runs. But that all that being said, I'm going to end up giving this an 8.5 out of 10. Strong start. Alex, do you agree? Ooh, I don't know if I'll give it that high of a rating, but <laughs> I will agree that uh, my statement was back to a collective Pink Floyd album, in quotes, uh, versus a David Rogers solo project that we, I guess arguably had on the last two albums. Um, Yeah, I will agree that it is very, very Dave, but having Rich and Nick kind of contributing more, especially with Rich uh, contributing, that's where it gets more of a, like a collective Pink Floyd sense to me. Uh, I said it has a very strong top and bottom, but uh, the middle does sag a little bit, but I would say overall, I think it's a good way to go out. I do know it wasn't technically their last studio album, but from reading some of the lyrics, it kind of seemed like maybe they thought this was it. So that's why I'll, why I'll say it was a good way to go out. Uh, production is fantastic. I was listening to the high res uh, 24-bit 96. 
uh, remaster of it uh, nice. over the week, and it sounded fantastic. But uh, overall, I, I'm going to start low. I feel like my rating will go up, but I'm honestly, I'm going to start with a five and a half out of ten. Wow, big separation there. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree a lot with the, uh, you know, it, it's it's. I don't know if I could have taken one more record of Dave heavy Pink Floyd. Like, you know, it, it was it was such a breath of fresh air, you know, under Roger's putrid breath of lyrics constant with, you know, between Animal's Wall and Final Cut and Momentary Lapse was just so exciting, you know, to really embrace the 80s and to really dig into the, the you know, what Pink Floyd sounds like with Gilmore completely in control of the helm. Um, you know, Division Bell really is is just a lot more of that. Um, I know Richard Wright is a bigger contributor, but I really wish he would have done um, a little bit more than just step in the door and hang up your coat and, you know, maybe once in a while play a little keyboards um, because it really isn't uh, that prominent. And um, I don't know, you know, I know he's considered one of the greatest solo players of all time, but uh, overall this record, I, I, I just get a little tired of hearing him solo. Um, I know that might be, uh, you know, people might be turning it off just for me <laughs> saying that, but I, you no. know, that's just, just, yeah, I mean, it, 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 so. gets, <laughs> it gets, uh, I'm tired of the outro solo. Um, and I just feel mm. like, uh, it's just a little too much, you know, Roger had his, uh, idiosyncrasies and, and they got tiring and, uh, Dave also does as well. Everyone does. Um, but after only two albums, uh, I, I can tolerate it, but I don't think I could have made a third and you know what? They must've agreed because they really didn't. Uh, this is an album that's better in isolation than as, you know, evaluated as a linear, uh, you know, exploration as we do here. Uh, I feel like if you just put this album on, you could find some good stuff on it, but you know, at the end of a long pink flight journey i'm just kind of ready for him to hang it up um so yeah uh i'm i'm also agreeing with alex that i would like to start low and see if uh maybe kevin or we'll see how chris uh evaluates this might help me boost my score but i'm gonna go with a six and then let's see where it goes from there chris your thoughts uh yeah i kind of agree with you mark uh and i hate to admit as much as i love dave yeah i am kind of getting yeah, where the solos just don't really have the weight that they did before. Where in the past, I mean, a Dave solo really kind of carried a lot of weight, and here it just feels like he's serving the same type of cheese, just in different shapes. <laughs> like, uh, here's cheddar cheese that's shaped like a star. Now here's one that's got a little bit of onion in it, but it's still cheddar with onion in it. I mean, it's like, ugh. it's like, okay, after several songs with that, it just kind of gets tiring. But anyway, um, so yeah, my statement... Uh, yeah, some great individual moments, uh, though it does meander a little too long in the ambient. And this is coming from somebody who likes ambient music. Um, uh, yeah, there was another word I found, a uh, wandering as as uh, atmospherics. Yeah, it was another thing that I found in another review that I read. Yeah, yeah, it's almost too much at times. Um, uh, I did find it enjoyable in a relaxing sort of way, again, because I like new age music, uh, especially listening to it at the office or on my way home. This is a great album to unwind to, uh, though it's not something that kind of gets the blood flowing like uh, like the sure. like um, yeah like the previous album. That was kind of what I, that was my next statement. Um, even though I mean a lot of people and even you, you can kind of agree that uh, Momentary was kind of a Dave solo record. It had the muscle and the hooks. Yeah, that this album is unfortunately lacking. And uh, it's a real shame because there are some cool moments on here where it's yeah, just like individual like melodies where it's like, yeah, OK, I, I get stuck. I like I can sing along to that, uh, but it doesn't make you throw your fist up in the air. 
Uh, maybe at this point you don't have to, but again, it just feels like they're kind of at the running out of steam point again, like, uh, yeah, kind of like how they were kind of towards the end of the Roger era where there was just sure. nothing left. Um, and yeah, pretty much, you know, if I had my one statement, it's pretty basic. Yeah, ultimately, it's simply okay and nothing more. It's just kind of there. It's, I don't hate it, but I don't, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna list it in the, kind of the upper echelons of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Out of ten, where you got? Oh, um, I'm gonna go with I think with you with uh, six out of ten. Um, yeah, it, uh, I enjoyed it, but it again it doesn't have the uh, yeah the extra half point that a momentary had. Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna just uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll boost it. Maybe I'll drop it. Yeah, we'll have to sure. see. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I will compliment Floyd on is that they did not embrace the sounds of 1994. Um, I don't, you know, I've made it my my opinions Ooh. on the '90s very clear on this show. But I, I think there, I think there know, might be one song. There yeah, are a few, there, it, there are a few moments on here. I, I gotta. It it is pretty timeless, though. I think a lot of the sounds do feel like they yeah. just could sustain for the next thirty years, yeah. and it would be acceptable. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. With the uh, uh, as far as the synths don't sound as brooded in a specific era like Momentary did, even though mm-hmm. I liked Momentary more. Yeah, here it feels like everything kind of flows together, like you said, in a more timeless mm-hmm. uh, kind of way. That's not necessarily connected to any particular artist or yeah. Yeah, but as, as, and maybe that's just a comment rooted in our other discographies, which it was always a lot of fun to get to the 90s episodes because the bands made a very strong stylistic shift when it, uh, the calendar year flipped from 92 to 93 or whatever, and everyone decided that they were done with the 1980s and big snares and big hair and whatever, and uh, you know Van Halen and Metallica definitely uh, integrated different sounds into their 90s music, where Pink Floyd more or less just uh, put out a 1994 album that sounded like Pink Floyd. Um, again, you know, it's not like they were, uh, you know, like uh, Rush and Presto where they were trying to rap or whatever that was and uh, roll the bones or, you know, that that just, uh, um, I guess Rush was at a much different point in their career. But That's uh, actually yeah. interesting that you mention Rush because I don't know if it's the color of the album artwork or the mid-90s, but I kept thinking about Test for Echo whenever I was listening to this album. I don't know what it is. But it's just kind of like that mid '90s Rush record that was like the one that kind of got away from me. I love outside that record. Of a few, outside of like a few songs, and for some reason, I'm like, this is kind of like the test for Echo of Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's a very underrated record that I kind of I will I will defend. <laughs> yeah, I I know nothing from that record. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but we're still with Pink Floyd, and uh, let's get started. Let's close out uh, what is known as the golden era of Floyd. Kevin, take it away.
As long as this song is, it doesn't make me wish I was out on a nice long night drive right now, because that's just, uh, yeah, that's 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 the epitome of what I said earlier as far as relaxing. Uh, again, kind of like Signs of Life, it doesn't really go anywhere, it's just kind of there, but what I like about it on this record is that it kind of sounds like it belongs. Yeah, I mean, even, yeah, it, yeah, it, it just has that. It doesn't have that 80s feel to it, and it doesn't have that 90s. It just feels like a, like Mark said, like a Floyd-type kind of little instrumental ditty. You know, what's and funny on that, though, is that I wrote that it, as timeless as this record sounds, this one sounds like it's right out of 1987. Oh, really? <laughs> like no, I don't just, know. Yeah, to me, this one, I can just like see Crockett and Tubbs on the beach for, for no, this I, one. I, I think it's a little too pristine for that, but I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but that's your opinion. I'm not going to... It is uh, it is a super clean, timeless guitar. I think the guitar tone is, you know, not layered in the effects that it yeah. would have if it were recorded in '87. Yeah, it didn't need to be six minutes, though. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. Even as somebody who rated this uh, record highly, it, it I, I find more interest in Signs of Life than I do in in this song. Okay, so, really? I feel like this yeah, guy started off yeah. Twenty. My my question. I I just had one question for it, and I wrote better than because I obviously like we're all comparing it to signs of life i said better than signs of life question mark i don't know i do like richard wright's piano here though yeah I'm yeah i just i just feel like if you started at 420 i mean you could have just started here i mean is this the beginning of the song the middle the end i don't know this happens to be the end <laughs> it's like six minutes of this and you could have just started it right here and, and taken it out and really just got the point across i i don't know like i know 90s and the cd format lended itself to ever i mean there is no short there you know uh, this uh, well i guess there's a 417 song but um everyone wanted to pad their music out in the 90s and uh unfortunately pink floyd is no exception yeah that's for sure well I guess that's it on this instrumental track. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's there. It's there. There's a track one. That's, that's the kind of that's kind of what Six I wrote too. It. It's just it's there's it's there. It's not bad. It's not incredible. Like what else are you gonna say except for it's long? That's kind of Six it's defining so. characteristic. If you're in the mood for this, it fulfills that mood. Like Chris said, I just feel like a night drive. If you feel like a night drive, then this is a good companion track. Yeah. You know, it's not the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah, it just kind of it fits that mood and that mood only. All right. Yeah, you want I don't know why I have this image of like, yeah, where Dave's like, I gotta go up to to go to the bathroom and then Rick just kept going. And like he comes back and oh, he didn't stop. That's like Yeah. Well, we're gonna get on to something maybe a little bit more peppy. Uh what do you want? Sell your soul for complete control Is that really what you need? You can lose yourself this night See inside, there is nothing to hide Yeah, Kevin, you picked a strong segment there because uh, 
I don't. I mean, that really sums up the song, and honestly, that's a strong thirty seconds for the album right there. But uh, I mean, it, you can really tell when a band is at the end of their creative muse when they just keep trying to rewrite their greatest hits over and over. I mean, how many times? This is like Have a Cigar Part Four, isn't it? I, like that, how many a, times have they it, done that, this? That's actually the first line of my notes. I said beginning gave me kind of uh, like Have a Cigar Even Time, where it's got that bump, bump, bang, yeah. where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like hey, what are we doing? Did they just like, oh, maybe nobody will notice, even though we've sold 200 million records at this point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it just like, just the, it, that it's sitting here in the two spot, which for them is the money spot. Um, it's just like, Hey, we need another song. We needed to do another, you know, critique of what it's like. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of it because I've listened to all these albums one by one, but just kind of the, you know, what do you want from me? You know? Uh, well, I don't know. You got millions of dollars. I just, I just kind of, I don't know. Like Roger was way worse at it, but, uh, um, you know, just the whole critique of the industry that they have participated in for 14 albums and generated millions upon millions of dollars just as like, I don't know. I'm sick of it. Like, it's just kind of yeah. like Sammy Hagar writing about, uh, you know, partying when he's a grandfather. <laughs> like, it just, right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, find, explore something new. Like, they're just, they're done oh, with I it. Oh, I forgot guess, that line. Grandpa, yeah, the, the, put the, the, down put, the book. Yeah, put down <laughs> the book. Yeah. Like, this is like well, the Pink Floyd equivalent to that. It's like, I was, stop writing Have a Cigar over I was, and over. I, I might be wrong in this, but I was reading that the What Do You Want for me was more directed at Roger versus the actual there was like, a lot of there, there were a few songs where, yeah where like, the critics said is this about roger and i think there was really only one song on here uh i don't know if that was this one though yeah what do you want from me if that was there was one where yeah where dave kind of got irritated he's like no it's not about roger <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. yeah because like roger has been he's been a sore loser ever since he the band continued out and he's just been yeah. crapping on every post pink floyd roger waters album in the press so I, I read that Dave was kind of like, well, what do you want from me? Uh, you know, hmm. on that. And but yeah, I don't I like help I, out for me, but it's yeah, I I know, I know. But I like the little pettiness between Rod and Dave <laughs> kind of like, oh, no, no, this album sucks. Well, no, your solo album sucks. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, though, that if you lost the name to the band and you thought sure. that you were the reason you would be pretty. I mean, anyone oh, would. sure. Sure. Well, it's kind of hard to you look at the most commercially successful like four albums they had. I mean, were pretty much under Rogers' <laughs> guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you can imagine yeah, a little bit of animosity. I don't know if did you guys notice? I, I don't know what it is with the background vocals on this album. They're very boxy. Would you guys agree? They don't really they don't really fill the space. It always feels they, like I noted that they sounded a little bit more individual, like they were okay. recorded individually. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I, I don't know how they if it was over hmm. uh, or yeah I'm not sure how the uh, boy how I exactly can see that I'm fighting a losing battle already I don't even know if I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I, I don't Every, even know if I'm gonna bother that's right because when, when they sing it's, all, it's it's very piercing it doesn't have like what you have with a lot of R and B bands where you got like the backup vocals just really fill up the I space actually, in here no I actually like this song I said I, it's cool it's yeah. I dig it and it's groovy catchy and there's great guitar I, I, I like this song well, I have well, to say if anybody was... if anybody was crapping on Pink Floyd because they went way too 80s I just want the old Pink Floyd back which is definitely a theme that you get in the 90s where everybody starts looking backwards this definitely isn't the worst thing they could have ever done no. especially to, re- to, re- to reassure fans that hey we didn't just hop on the bandwagon just because 
It, it just you know. remember, and, and you know, you're going to have a different opinion because I'm going to bring a Piper here. But, you know, even if you don't like the music or if you wouldn't write the music in the year 2021 or if it's been done 10 million times, there's something that is forever preserved in the freshness of what they were doing at that time. And you can hear it. It, it just it just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's tangible, even though it's it's just, you know, it. it it just it may may sound weird, but you know in '67 that was so fresh, and in '94 in you know another plotting Pink Floyd song that is critical <laughs> what, of what, what the band, industry what or band Roger has or ever done that. Metallica, what? Van Halen, they're all the, like what band? Forty years later is oh yeah, this is the freshest thing they've ever done. Like it's not gonna happen. Uh, I would say it's it, I mean Queensryche. I know people criticize the Dwarf Reich or whatever. Uh, you know, like <laughs> that. That's, but I think they they came out with some good stuff. I mean, I, even Van Halen and, and uh, the the last Dave record had something was, like Bullet was, had. What, they hadn't done anything like how, Bullet had yeah, before. But how many of those songs were pulled from the pre Van Halen one? Like talk yeah. about yeah, harking why did, why to the Pink past, Floyd but no. That? Nobody cared about that because all oh, this stuff is yeah. great. I, is I, would, I don't have a problem with that. It's just like Van Halen didn't try to write Jump Part Four. They wrote Bullethead. You're right. You know, yeah. like, and Metallica. I don't <laughs> they know. They did like, try I, Ice I, Cream I Man Part Two did it, and and did it, Running with yeah. the Devil didn't, Part Two. And yeah, yeah, they did. Didn't Iron Maiden put out some pretty decent records? Like kind of more yeah. recently, like Final Frontier and even megadeth with like dystopia i, I think people like yeah, love I mean, that they're like oh it's yeah. rest in peace all over again it's oh, anthrax and uh, worship music yeah, well, look, I, at, I what, look at what they're saying it's all, all it's the same classic stuff all over again well anthrax worship know. music isn't that's a great okay album. maybe not but uh, iron maiden it's, it's, has been doing the same album since yeah. 2000 and that's so, the vibe yeah. i the vibe i get from this is like 2000 and like like dance of death iron maiden it's kind of like yeah it's all right it's listenable it's yeah, just it's just have a cigar part four. I don't know. I don't need That's to hear the when trooper I, part when 10. When I don't want to listen to have a cigar because I've listened to it 10 billion times, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach for it. So I listen right. to something hey, else. Hey, hey, Alex. Yeah. That, uh, that part Kevin played in the, uh, in the clip, uh, like the, the vocal harmonies. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't you think that sounds a little bit like the moody blues? If you think about it, like with the way that they like when they you're, would do, you're, unfortunately you're asking the wrong guy. Oh, I thought you were okay. <laughs> Never mind. Not yeah, much about Moody, Moody okay. Blues. But yeah, they, but they got almost, that, that, that's one of the big things that jumped out at me. Like it doesn't sound like that was the one moment where it didn't sound like have a cigar time. It sounded like somebody else. So mm-hmm. I'm starting. I'm starting to. I'm, it's, I feel that I'm starting to talk myself out of the song because I do kind of like it again because it was like a Pink yeah. Floyd sounding song, but it's like. Oh, no, okay, now talking in just the collective here, it's like, oh, wait, there are a lot of problems with it. Yeah, you got to be... I don't mm, think there's any problems critical. with it. Okay, well, well that's, like a show, I, I a show like of opinions. It's four, four opinions. <laughs> it's good. It's like what do you like about it? What else track, are you going like... to start off with? It kind of rocks. It sounds like classic Pink Floyd. It's, you know... It, it kind of rocks? Well, yeah, compared to these <laughs> other songs. Well, what Pink Floyd actually rocks? Well, that, Not a there's lot. There's a peppy song on you here. What is you it? Uh, um, yeah, see, so you uh, don't take even... Take It Back is pretty peppy. Yeah, you're going to put that in track two? No. You know, it's, Maybe you not know, it's funny. Four, but... That's like... Yeah, I want to th- throw in one thing about this uh, song, just because of how much yeah, the other three of us are, criti- are being critical of it. There, I, I, don't, I think it was Rolling Stone magazine, the guy who wrote the review... Uh, said that uh, he felt this was the only song on here where it felt like Dave actually gave a crap <laughs> about what he was doing. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. It was one. Of, it was. It's a good. Yeah, I like energe- it. Yeah, for what it is. I yeah, mean, no, I, I, yeah. energetic compared to like what else is on the. Um, it's like that more like it's almost like the uh, 
the not now John of the record. It's like everything else is kind of like going one way, and then here's like a little bit more of like the brown kind of funky R and B ish kind of song. And coming out of Cluster One, it's nice. I just remember <laughs> I mean, hearing this for the first time. I'm like, wow, a Pink Floyd sound that sounds like Pink Floyd that I haven't heard a billion times before. Isn't that refreshing? Well, to their that. credit, I mean, if you think about their peers, what was Yes doing at this time? Like embarrassing things. No, like, they actually they, they actually put out time? Talk, which was pretty huge. I don't like that record. I love that um, record. Genesis uh, <laughs> that's, that's was Genesis day. doing at the time. I mean, I like. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel dance? like they're yeah yeah I, that that's a decent record. Um, I, we don't like need another preacher song. I, I, that always bothered me, but um, what Jesus he knows me. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, or I, actually, this would have been closer to calling all stations, I believe. So yeah, that's definitely a credit towards Pink Floyd. I mean, um, yeah, but you, you know, have to bands were you have to admit the Pink Floyd is now in the era where the bands coming up that are influenced by them instead of them being the torchbearer. It's just oh, the bands are influenced by nobody like them anymore you know so yeah but this is you're starting the second wave of progressive music here yeah we're in dream theater territory already right so Mm -hmm. you have to admit that like yes this awake was now you know you got porcupine tree you know doing their Mm -hmm. early stuff and you know this is not going to be pink floyd pushing the envelope anymore it's just well that's true and especially like grunge is at the top of the world right now it changed music and that's true i guess i got to give them a little bit of credit for not trying to pull as much as I clearly love '90s Metallica. Well, at least one, at least one, one mid. One, <laughs> nah, I mean I love the black. I love the black album too. But it is cool that you know Pink Floyd did kind of put out a Pink Floyd album in the '90s. It didn't try to change the sound too much. I mean, even Rush was kind of in a way trying to catch a little bit more of the heavy, down-tuned guitars on some of that stuff, like on Counterparts. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it is kind of nice here, but yeah. See, I, I don't know. Um, I always get this feeling that this album is timeless. It, like Mark said, it doesn't feel like 94 to me. It feels like just a Pink Floyd album yeah. for Pink Floyd fans. And I'm going to, you know, that's what I like about it. It doesn't have a concept that I have to, you know, oh, I got to digest the concept. Your status as a Pink Floyd fan is questionable with your 52% <laughs> That's because I, It's course. because I like the stuff that other sudden, people don't. I like the stuff yeah. that other people don't and the stuff All that people sudden, yuck up. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care I'm about fan. that much. This is for the fan. <laughs> I am starting to believe I'm not a Pink Floyd no. fan. I like this record. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Chris, you got to defend this. You're at 65. You're, you're way yeah. out of the road. You're on another yeah, tier I, here. I, I, do, I do feel I've been a little too, maybe just because you, you feel the pressure on our show. Yeah, just to really kind of, we want to be objective a little bit where you just don't say, I love it. I love this one. I love it. This one stinks. Yeah, this one is crap. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, and I hate, I hate to admit, like what Kevin said, I, even with Genesis, I love the records yeah, that a lot of the hardcore f- fans hate. Like, I like Invisible Touch. That's the record I go to when I want to listen to. Yeah. But that, Same, says, that yeah. says more about me being a, a guy who likes Phil Collins, though, versus, like, in deep cut kind of, like, mm-hmm. uh, Wind and Weathering era Genesis. I mean, it's, so I'll admit, I mean, I, I, know, I, know, I, I know I gave these two records a low uh, momentary in this kind of lower, uh, but I mean, from a music perspective, I mean, I enjoy them a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, they really, they've got that kind of like, like I said in the last show, yeah, they're, they're, they're like that sugary treat that just makes you feel good and you just want to go nuts. Uh, yeah. but is it, but is it, uh, is it really you, good though? If you want to pink, 
If you want Pink Floyd and you don't feel like Roger Waters and you've listened to Dark Side and wish you were here <laughs> to death, times. where yeah. where you where are you, yeah. you going to go? Where are you going to go? You don't have a lot of options. To Porcupine Tree. <laughs> yeah, to another band. That's the, the, so. Well, that's, you know, we can move on because yes. I like the next song. Actually, okay, so okay. Pulls I, apart. I can join you in your praise. <laughs> It's definitely a little bit more of a 90s vibe, if anybody agrees. Yeah, there's some of that. Uh, uh, I don't know if throughout a lot of this record, I get like that like mid-early 90s country vibe, where it's very clean, very kind of where you're almost getting into like pop I've country territory. Oh, yeah, I, got, okay. I got that. Yeah, I know, I know where you're getting at, Mark. But, yeah. um, but uh, it was funny. Uh, uh, you, yeah, we were talking about as far as songs to bring up Roger. Uh, this was actually one of them, I guess, uh, where I guess... It it's sense. funny. Yeah, it's funny. They will never. It's it's funny how Sid, in particular, has become kind of the center point. It's almost like the the Pink Floyd discography is just like a, it's like a reflection on what happened to Sid. I mean, just kind of sprinkled throughout. I mean, sometimes yeah. you have to dig for it. Sometimes this, it's not always clear. Ba- but it's always it's always there. Sid and Roger's dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you always wonder. Now it's like I, I was kind of surprised, uh, or maybe this is just Dave now reflecting on his personal kind of uh, connection. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, funny. Did, about, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, let me let me finish, and then uh, you can go. Yeah, it's like, did you know it was all going to go so wrong for you? Uh, and did you see it was all going to be so right for me? Like I don't know. I don't know if that has to do with like where yeah, Sid was kind of uh, kind of just self destructive, and Dave and the rest of them just all of a sudden kind of jumped to the. Yeah, to the uh, to the top of the mountain. Yeah, you were the golden boy, and then you'd uh, never lose that, or and then you'd yeah, never lose that light in your eyes. And what happens? Yeah, that's ultimately. I think they talked about even then where he was just kind of a, when he really got into it. Yeah, into into the drugs, yeah, where he just lost that sparkle. Uh, and it was weird, yeah, kind of splitting up two kind of verse sections. Yeah, where you got like you've got the yeah the Sid section, and then uh, and then the Roger section. Yeah, hey, it's funny how they mentioned like hey you they kind of tell mm-hmm. you and they actually i was reading a review where they actually kind of pointed that out where it was almost kind of like uh yeah where you yeah, kind of dave kind of using it on against roger yeah you know did you ever realize what you'd become and did you see uh that it wasn't only me you were running from yeah 
yeah. you know what uh, is funny is that you, you talk about all these concepts and you know trying to get across in a song and I, all i can think about is how exhausting that guitar part that acoustic guitar i don't envy the guy who's got to play that live on stage i don't think david's doing that because he's trying to you know uh, i don't know maybe he doesn't do it live but i feel like he's just uh you're starting yeah. to play that so he can sing because that's kind of an exhausting sounding part to me um a really cool uh richard moment here at two uh Hang on, if this even works, it's not even loading. But at uh, 225... And I had 220, actually, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'll only start at 220, because there's some yeah. nice parts... This is one of those moments I talked about last record where it almost kind of brings a little tear to your eye. Just uh, thinking of them performing that live on stage. It's very Dave tasteful. looking over and seeing uh, yeah. Richard over there just taking it he's away. Doing, he's, just, he's doing it. He's kicking it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I wish he more. I just wish he participated more in this album because uh, those moments are just golden. Um, and I really have to call out the transition, the long form transition section. They used to be so well known for that. They were so good at that at the Sid era. But that uh, I mean, this kind of stuff at 250 just uh, uh, more kind of like this. Yeah. You know, I love that they include the bell uh, in there somewhere. Somewhere yeah. there's like a little high hopes. I was, I was yeah, yeah, I was trying to, re I was trying to read it as far as yeah, the kind of the carnival music. I don't know if that was yeah. okay. So here's you mentioned it. Sid. This is where yeah. I drew it from. That's uh, Jug Band Blues, which was the last Sid contribution. That's interesting. Uh, I forgot about that. Really? Because, so, yeah, yeah, I was trying to tie it in. That's, yeah, the point as far as where, whether it's both Sid and Roger, where they're kind of descending into whatever their own version of, yeah. Hmm, the that, makes me, with, that makes me like that part a little bit more. Because at first, yeah. cause I, was I, trying like to this, I like the song a whole lot, honestly. That was uh, <clears throat> one of my stronger ones i would have to say i guess and I, I said you know i really like the lyrics and i kind of like the the funny jabs at roger uh, i said yeah. it was a fantastic opening i love the dad gad tuning the fretless bass and the big warm blankets for me are right around 30 seconds i don't know if anybody could cue that up when but when that low kind of bass guitar string comes in just sits at the body and it just at the bottom is really nice Let me and then Right, that, that boom. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. That that's low note is great. And I said, um, this is one of those songs where it almost with the vocals like the no, no, no. That's very animal to me. You know, and yeah. yeah. Whatever it it Yeah, where it keeps repeating. It's it's very it, it's very animals. I, I liked that. That's where I kind of feel like this album is really turning back into a proper Pink Floyd album because they're kind of borrowing and, and throwing nods to to past work. I did say, though, it gets a little weird around three and a half minutes, but it comes back in nicely. But now that you kind of maybe explain a little bit more to why they do that, I, I think I get it more. But at first, it's just like, eh. it is a little, it is, it is a little jarring if you're not 
It's a little jarring. Yeah. If you're, yeah. If you're not used I, to that, you, you got to turn, you got to turn your brain on a little bit. Yeah. When you get yeah, to, when you listen to the I, song, especially with the lyrics, I, what's going on there and what they're talking about. Yeah. And it almost would have been worse if they would have just ended the song fading out with that. Like, I'm glad they came back into the main <laughs> part of the song. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, true. no, this is, this is a great, this is actually a great yeah. one. Yeah, so. They know, they know what they were doing. Yeah. They're professionals. Yeah. It's, but it, <laughs> and that was one thing too, as far as a pink, like a classic, like experimental pink Floyd that I actually enjoyed. Cause I know I was, I think we were all pretty critical during like the, the Adam Hart mother era where it's just like, you're just throwing in nonsense just for the sake of it. We're here with the lyrics well at this point i mean they've i mean they're a, a year or two away from being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame so they've kind of cut their teeth and know what yeah and kind of have it down a little bit yeah uh but uh but yeah it's weird it's a very major sounding song too i mean very it's a very happy yeah it's a, there's no real kind of uh at times it almost it's almost a little too much yeah uh, especially with some of the verses uh but again, when you kind of take it as a whole, it's like okay, it's I guess it has its own unique kind of approach to. Sure. Uh, maybe that's what makes it. Maybe that's what makes it cool. Yeah, because it's it's a very, it's a major key song that kind of deals with kind of again more introspective. Yeah, especially at this point in the album too, when we kind of got the not not what I'd say dark opener, but darker second track and you know atmospheric, and so it's kind of sandwiched in here to maybe break up the flow a little bit. But we're gonna move on to uh, another instrumental song, uh, which is called Maroon. other song is just a few years away is uh on balance uh block to, to how, how do you pronounce that alex yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah the yeah. instrumental Beluchitharium. It, yeah it feels like a uh an instrumental track that just misses the mark a little bit and i know this was a popular song off the record but i feel like there was just something missing that kind of that should have tied it all together uh yeah it's got that ambience to it that's again a great that great nighttime driving vibe did anybody but mention I, mist Oh, uh, from, no, yeah. from marooned yet? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I I just, I don't know, I just felt like it didn't grab me like a good instrumental can, and that's kind of how I felt uh, about the, on, on Balance, too, yeah, the instrumental track, where it just... It's, oh, it's, I it's, love it's, that one. No, it's, well, yeah, I like that <laughs> a lot more than that, but, but, yeah, yeah, but I, but I, just, I, I just, but I get that same kind of vibe where it's like it should, this song should have been a lot more for being such a popular song on the record, I feel for like winning just, a Grammy award it should have been a little better. Yeah, I I feel like again it just kind of meanders on for what five minutes and man some of those deep bends on the higher frets. Yeah, Kevin at at fifty seconds. Yeah, where it almost doesn't it almost sounds like a keyboard. It doesn't even sound like a guitar. Let me pull that up. 
fucking Wee! Yeah, I can't hear <laughs> He's feeding it through a whammy pedal. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah that's just Did like. Did Pink Floyd not have a Grammy to their name at this point? Mm-mm. No, that was actually one of my questions. It was. I knew. It was I like, knew it was. I had to throw it in there. That's all right. Well, I mean, that almost feels kind of like when somebody wins an Academy Award because, like, you know, Christopher Nolan has never won one, so this is the one where he's going to. Everyone knows, right? That, that this is his <laughs> moment, and that may be why that you know that they're approaching the end of their career. Right. Hey, Kevin, can you play one part uh, that kind of reminded me, uh, and Alex will hopefully know this, uh, a Who reference, uh, at uh, 3 minutes and 47 seconds, where it's got this descending line that sounds like uh, Love Rain Over Me. It's like the other who did it a little better. Though not that I don't like it here, but yeah, it's it's funny. Mark, you mentioned as far as yeah, the kind of that movie uh, or like winning an Academy Award for like best like best song or whatever. It does. The song is definitely a, a another. We use that term a lot on this show. Yeah, cinematic kind of soundtrack song. Well, this I think opening I, here is just to me yeah. that I love it. That's great, and then it descends into I mean, I feel into like a, yeah. Atris is about to send me on some kind of poorly explained journey of task. He's got, like, like, it is so missed. It is so yeah. brilliant. Yes. I mean, I'm a big fan of that series. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, what, 94? So Mist was about that time. Kind of the cover art reminds me of Mist. Maybe that's just a personal connection for me. But I like that, you know, part of it, that connection I made. So. That's always not, I don't know why that's just never a good because I know Mark I think you've brought it up a few times as far as like like classic 90s like computer game like you never want your as far as from a legendary band you never want your music to to reference or to, oh, but I think right? Mist is different oh okay Mist is timeless all right like Mist, okay. Mist is not really like a 90s computer game it is just a it, I don't know it just it's it's timeless but yeah, yeah. I mean there, there's a lot I mean I, there's yeah, this is where the soloing is. It's just like, you know, it, go, it goes on like and Move on. over a little bit. Know. Like, you don't, I, I almost feel like it's a little bit That's like, so, uh, I was, was hogging the he, bed. See, yeah, like, like, what? <laughs> it's like, like Malmstein when he shoves his band in the corner. <laughs> you know, like, uh, whatever you see in like those Malmstein videos where it's him and a stack of like 50 amps and then the backing <laughs> band is just shoved in a corner. Like, I kind of feel like it gets a little bit too much like this in Pink Floyd here because yeah. Richard Wright. Um, is you know he's few and far between. Um, you know, it, it, he, I mean the organ is good, uh, the piano is cool, like the synth layering is nice, but I just don't need Dave noodling for minutes on end. It's, he could have stepped up. Roger could, uh, Richard could have stepped up. Yeah, I would agree. And this is actually this song was my introduction to the album. I remember you telling me about this song way back when how good it was. You, you liked it. I remember when you first mm-hmm. discovered it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so that's, that's how I kind of how I got into this album. And now going through the Pink Floyd journey, I just wish there was a Rick Wright solo on this song. You know, yeah. just, just take a break, Dave. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's one thing I do wish about the song, that there's plenty I, of room for it. I actually have a moment here at, coming at, so at the end of this part.
why is it stopping? It almost feels like Dave is looking over, like hoping Rick will stop it. Solo. And Rick is just like, <laughs> he just like he just like Rick won't catch his eye. <laughs> you know, he's just like trying to avoid eye contact and just like just starts slowing down and just ends the song. Just yeah, kind of reminds very, me of that. Very tasteful piano, you know. I yeah, I I like it. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you've ever played live jazz or jammed with somebody and like you're trying to pass off a solo and that person just doesn't want to take it. And they're just like trying to avoid eye contact and just like, hey, here's a solo section that didn't happen. And then like, you know, a trumpet jumps in because nobody's soloing in the bars. Or God, or God forbid the bass player. <laughs> yeah, Watch everybody in real time here. take gonna... a BBW. Yeah, like, you know, Tenor's trying to send me this solo, but I'm not comfortable with these changes. So I'm just going like, to continue to stare at my stage. And I hope somebody else steps in. If you've ever been there, that's what I kind of feel like this is a little bit, where Dave just keeps trying to pass it off to uh, to Richard, and and he's just not taking the bait. Uh, we're gonna, we're, I think we're, I think we're gonna get some flack on this one, guys. People are raving about this one on YouTube. <laughs> what marooned or what? Yeah, marooned. Oh. I, 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 it sounds like on an island. It, it, it just. It's it's I, just Dave through and through. I like the song, but I just do wish it had a Rick solo. That's kind of where I'm at, and it's just. Five and I a wish half it was, minutes. So yeah, yeah, I wish it just had more. I don't know. It feels like there's some condiments missing on this. Is this the same sandwich. chord progression over and over? <laughs> what? I can't remember. I mean, is it just the same chord progression on loop? Uh, I think that know. was the other kind of thing. I, I think it's just almost not fair because we've spent 14 albums already with Pink Floyd. And if you've done that and you've listened to their each of their albums like every single week, it's like, all right, it kind of sounds like it, you've heard this so many times. So I, I guess I imagine like if the band took, what, seven years off and then they came back. Yeah, I or guess. You're, or yeah. or, or, or it, it all kind of depends, I think, on when you came to this album. Like maybe it's not fair because, you know, like I said, it sounds like we've heard this stuff so much, which is kind of the... It's great. It's it's cool. I love Dave. He's he's super talented, but it's just like, all right, I've heard this so much where it's like, why does this one stand out compared to like everything else he's done? I yeah. guess is maybe more of my question. And but, if you yeah. talk about that song that both you and I connected to so well, the goodbye blue sky. Yeah. Where we're just like and that song just had so much texture and, and richness to it where you know, the, even if you didn't like that song, I think you still have to admit that there's a lot there musically to hook sure. into. And this sure. is just the same thing. It's just, you know, it starts out slow, it's ambient and spacey, and then Dave starts soloing over it, and there's a song, and then let's repeat the formula again. It's like it's too much of the formula over and right. over on the same right. album, where at least right. the wall threw, you know, threw up some changes. Right. Well, we're going to end... Is this ending the first side? If they're, we're not in the side era anymore anyway. Yeah, what I am I talking about? about? Like so, but this is a great day for freedom.
right, I'm going to admit it. Not the best clip. I don't know why it kind of started there, I'll be honest. <laughs> Another Dave so Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I think I meant to lead into that clip, and, and I probably hit the wrong button or something. That's all right, though. You know, it's funny. I This is the moment where I feel like Dave's becoming kind of like the edge, where it's like he's relying. I mean, if he didn't have all that stuff surrounding his guitar tone, what would he... What would he sound like? <laughs> would he yeah, be able to? I mean, his his lines are all about just you know the shape of them, and, and there's really no. Not... It's funny, yeah, but it's funny here though. It's just like again, I think this is where I'm like fatigued, where it's just yeah. I yeah, yeah. Kevin did not help the case of this song with that. <laughs> I get no, strong I dream theater vibes from this song for some yeah. reason. You know what? What else? Uh, I don't know how many of you follow uh, George Michael, but in particular, the opening line sounds like '90s George Michael to a, like uh, in like the most extreme. Yeah, Kevin, can you play the beginning of the song? Yeah, well, that I guess you could say a little bit. But, but does have a great voice, though. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I mean, that's complimentary for a, a, such a powerhouse singer that George Michael was. I mean, but yeah, that just that was one thing that jumped out at me. Uh, yeah, for like if especially in the mid '90s, he put out that one record after the Freedom record, and that's just all this kind of music. Like, I think the whole album is just this very spacey kind of ballady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, yeah, we're talking about yeah, it's not really a love song. It's kind of talking about the the uh, coming down of the Berlin Wall. I feel this would have. I, I think this would have been a good moment for Roger to step in with his little his lyrical. Because here, I don't know. I, yeah, this one line at the end. I don't know why. I just felt like it should have been written a little bit better. Where it says, "Yeah, now frontiers shift like desert sands, while nations wash their bloodied hands of loyalty, of history, and shades of gray." I don't know. It it just feels like yeah, again like Dave and his wife trying to. Yeah, Wait, why is his wife involved? Uh, Dave's in, wife. She's involved she's the, in a lot of these tracks with the lyrics. She's she's though she was she writes I think like ninety percent of the lyrics. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Has I felt that ever worked out. Has <laughs> it ever been a? She. I hope you like high hopes because that's all her. Yeah, yeah. It worked, well, that's it worked got, out but, for Elton John not writing his own lyrics. Right, but here I don't I'm know. Just talking about f- the girlfriend of the studio. Oh, 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 I see, yeah. I see. Okay, but yeah, here it it just feels like like uh, trying to be smart when you're and probably you don't have yeah, especially in a band like this where you don't really have a grasp of that type of material. Like not I get the what they're. I get what I get. I get, I get, I get I, for somebody's wife. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I get what they're saying, but it just, I don't know. Uh, maybe somebody, in our, maybe a fan of ours can defend that line, but I don't know. It just felt like somebody trying to be Roger, and it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't have that classic weight that you found, like, on the wall or animals or even the final cut, a lot of, like, the biting tracks mm-hmm. on there. Uh, this is a Stocks on the Rise song for me. I'm just going to say it. I never liked this song before, but I like this song now. Um, I... I not even sure why. Certainly not from the clip I played, which is kind of a standard Dave outro solo. But maybe it's the, it just got stuck in my head. Just the, the entire <laughs> melody. And it just got stuck in my head during the week, and I don't know why that is particularly. But uh, I don't know. It, it felt like a song like that could have been on the wall, but is now here. Like this maybe was Dave's contribution, and then... You know, Roger said no, so he stuck it here. I don't know if it it uh, <laughs> it, it plods. <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel bad for this song. <laughs> it just comes in with the, uh, no, no. <laughs> the, 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 uh, that's kind of how I feel. Not, not the razor sharp Mark wit that we've all come to love. Uh, nothing better than that. You know what this song is? What we're going to do next. We're considering Chicago with their 21 albums, and here I'm we are with 14 Pink Floyd albums. This is a great day for freedom. I, I just wrote. Eh, Dave taking notes from the final cut with the political songs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, right. it's better than some of our late stage discography critici- uh, criticisms. You know, Alex and his sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our St. Anger era, just, uh, you know, being left speechless for the wrong reason. Yeah, no, there's definitely nothing. left speechless. I feel bad for this song. In, there's in some ways. there's like, nothing on this album that sucks. There's nothing bad about it. It's just... Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it. Actually, I'm not not gonna do much. I'm just gonna play the clips and say my bit and bow out. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not arguing. I'm just. No, I know, but I I can I can just tell that I'm not gonna be able to convince. So that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna move on to wearing the inside out. Alex, you got something to say about this song? I'll let you guys go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to so head know. down on the chat. Like, I can just, it's kind of funny. Just, so I guess I will just, since I don't have much to say about this album, I guess I'll just tell a story where my wife and I were at a, uh, a show. We were at uh, Steppenwolf where they have, it's a theater in Chicago where they have more original plays. And there was this one show and it was a three and a half hour show about two guys working a movie theater and just like cleaning the theater <laughs> and just the talking. And and uh, I remember like, like an hour and a half into the show, these guys, like the two main actors were just cleaning the theater <laughs> They just say no dialogue. It was like five minutes of this, and all of a sudden, I hear this one guy. (laughs) (laughs) So loud! I forgot about. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Just, just I feel like they could be playing this live and Pink Floyd every the whole band. Just forget the BBW. (laughs) Just a little, because you know, come on, admit it. The audience at this point is probably pushing their geriatric. This is the song that everybody wants to hear. All the wheelchairs are all snoring. You know, and you know, here's the thing. Mark is the biggest Richard Wright fan here, and he's saying this. Yeah, I I, I appreciate the. I don't know. It just they all kind of sound the same, to be honest. I know he's saying lead on this, but it really isn't so distinctive. And again, like what what's going on with that? What does Richard bring to the table here? I mean, he brings his organ roll, you know, his organ fills, but it's. uh, yeah, it's 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 a nice song. It just it's just a snoozer, and it's another snoozer. 
Like it's it's yeah. like the fourth snooze. <laughs> it's just it's an you atmospheric know, respir- record. You know, I mean, you know, you know what this reminds me of. I think I might have t- told this story before, but it, it really lines up here. So a few years, and I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. So a few years ago, they played the United Center when they kind of reunited with uh, James Eha, and they got Jimmy. Well, Jim, Jimmy Chamberlain's been there for a bit now, but they got yeah. James Eha, and it was like the first full like arena rock tour they'd done in like. Quite a while. It was on the shiny, oh, so bright tour. So I see him at United Center. And for some reason, and I felt so bad, but there is a song that James Eha, who is the uh, like the second guitar player, he sings a lead on. The song is called Blue, B-L-E-W. And it's on the, I think it's on the Pisces Iscariot album, which is like kind of like a B-side outtake album. And for some reason, they decided to play that song and literally 90% of United Center got up and started going to the bathroom. And it was like the 10th <laughs> song in the set. Like, it was like in the first quarter of the set, too. And I felt so bad. I'm like looking around. And I'm like, oh, poor James. Like, the one time he sings, everybody just left. And I just can't help but it's kind of here. Like, the guy that, like, really doesn't, he's not like a main singer of the band. But then when he does People just aren't. I mean, he's great on what? What's was it on time that he sings on? Amazing there. But here, I just said it's like a decent solo. But other than that, I'm not sure if I like Richard singing a full song. I said it's it's fine. Yeah, he it's shared weird. vocals though, didn't he? At this, uh, no, I, I don't know. Co lead. I didn't see any uh, other. Singers. No, actually, oh. it says uh, on uh, Genius.com that I think David Gilmore actually sings one of the verses. Oh, does he? Okay. The first I that I played, it switches to the third person. Dave sings and okay. switches back to the first for Rick. Yeah. Um, and what is? I don't know what. It, there's something about his vocals that just bugs me. There's like this weird, like warbly effect on it. Yeah. Like when he sings, it's like from morning to night, I stayed out of sight. Didn't recognize what I'd become. I don't know. There's like a weird kind of like kind of under. And it takes you out. I mean, and it's yeah, with an already very kind of jazzy song, it kind of takes you out even more. And I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, and I didn't timestamp it, uh, that you've got that us and them sax part uh, that just jumps right out of there. Oh, the sax is great. Dick Perry back. Yeah. yeah. But it. it has, but it has like the, yeah, the, the way that it flows is very much us and them. And I, I, I don't know. I just like, okay. Just keep, well, this, keep keep the past in the past and give me something new. This is what Floyd. I was talking about, which is with my, um, you know, this album is better in isolation than it is exploring their careers just uh, sequentially. It just if you if you came across this album and listened to it, you'd say, okay, there's some good songs on here. But uh, you know, after you've done every track on the way, it just uh, feels like you're just heading back there. But the magic is lost. Um, you know, and I feel bad for the song because it's it really is a a decent song just to sit and chill to, but it just yeah. isn't exceptional. Like I, 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 that's like the fifth time I've said it that I I, I don't feel bad for uh, uh, for Cluster One, but like the other ones are just kind of like, yeah. When they're what, fine. When was the last time Rick sang on anything? I mean, as far maybe his voice is just out of. <laughs> they no, I think I think it was time like that's the only other song he like really sings i mean other than like so that was 21 years earlier okay so he's got a so he hasn't been practicing i guess so you gotta they gotta try to prop it up with warbly vocals yeah yeah okay hey kevin one last thing there was another as far as just picking from the past uh at 240 i don't know why the keyboard and the guitar really reminded me of like wish you were here a little bit you could play that
not specifically the song which you were here, but like uh, some of the yeah, like on Welcome to the Machine and stuff like that. It's got that real kind of yeah, uh, yeah. very kind of. I guess you could say that mid seventies. Yeah. What, 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 yeah. What kind of keyboard is that? And what is that? Uh, you, you guys are probably like a sawtooth wave or something. Oh, okay. Who who know in the nineties? Who knows what keyboard it, it could yeah. be? But but uh, they guess... have that very just like wavy synth. Yeah, but I guess it is it, it is Rick though. I mean, that keyboard sounds like okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I can be comfortable with that, mm-hmm. even though it isn't that original. I yeah, mean, they but... were not going to turn into Ace of Base. You know, they were not going to turn into mm. Technotronics, and they were not going <laughs> to pump up the jam, and they were going to be Pink Floyd. So, uh, yeah, but just it's it's okay to dream. No, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I, I think I would compare it to. Um, I don't know why I kind of got this thought in my head, but it's almost kind of like that. They're, they're almost like that 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 boyfriend that's always you know a day late with something and just like how we're getting to the next track where it's like yeah you should have picked up the pace maybe three songs ago like it's, got, it's a little late care. now but uh all right all right let's so take it back take a piece from the uh, the first verse yeah warm blankets are raining down on me <laughs> this whole t- what 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 a what a sing-along fun just oh man you just want to wrap yourself up in it why was this not in the two spot i i don't know it, uh, it just feels just like been... that perfect and maybe i'm thinking kind of like um learning to fly rush and, yeah, yeah or, or, or uh, uh was it uh spirit radio where it yeah. kind of has that just open air feel to it yeah I, no, like I, I love that. I like that that it's not in the two spot. Putting it in the two yeah. or one spot would be such a '90s thing to do. And then you'd have the, all the rest of this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, it just uh, shouldn't be buried, though. Yeah, it's a I, shame. I, mean, see, yeah, I, don't I don't think know. it's yeah. buried because I liked wearing the inside out, and I liked a lot of these songs. So this is like—it's funny as far as my history with Pink Floyd. This was one of those for whatever reason I came across this song early in my musical development, and I always really—it just kind of that. Again, this is that there's the right chords and the right song, and it just eats its way into your subconscious. Yeah. And I, lo- and the I love the sing along. Yeah, I, I love the. I mean, I love the first like section where, it, yeah, like her love yeah rains down on me easy as the breeze. I listen to her breathing; it sounds like the waves on the sea. I don't know why, just the way he sings that. It just you can't help even if you don't like it, you find yourself singing that. I don't oh, know why. Just the, way the yeah, just the way that they that he the the the, the way that that flows is just. But and that's just one part. But yeah, that was always just the way, how that song opens up. And uh, Kevin, I this this is another. I love how the, as far as the ending is just great. It's got that kind of your hair standing up moment at uh, yeah, where was that at five twenty? If you could play that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was nice. 
And then it comes in like with the drink, yeah. Peter Gabriel crossed with you two. Yeah, well, there's sure, a little bit of absolutely. there's a little little bit of Bruce Hornsby too. I don't know. It's got that just real like lush kind of ballady acoustic pop. I don't know what you I don't know what you call it, but it's a uh, satisfying song. It's oh yeah, it's you know, just it's just uh, it's like all, a hearty it's, meal. You it's know, just like all, a good healthy lean steak. Yeah, it's, uh, covered in warm blankets. Yeah, it's just a great. Yeah, it's it's having <laughs> with, dinner with in a pile butter. of yeah yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not too fattening. Like it, it ends yeah. at just the right time. It's it's. It's good. It's just buried to me. It just, it's, there's just everything. It just plods to this point. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, here we go. We got a sign that's actually, yeah, it actually I mean, resonates. It, I, if you don't want it in the two spot, it should have been in the four spot. I don't know why Maroon needed to be in the four spot. It, there's no special place to put an instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like how, I, I mean, I, I've stated before, like that clean, delayed guitar. So far, its track record has provided has proved itself to be very strong. It's pretty much like <laughs> any song with that in it that Floyd does, I love. I think of like Run Like Hell and well, one of these good. days with that clean. I just I love that they do that and they're so good at it. And yeah, it's true. There's a lot of you two here, and it's just such inspirational. I won't say it's the maybe the cheesiest mid '90s song on the album. Uh, there, I mean, there is a taste to that, but I'm not necessarily saying that I don't like that. Because there's a lot of that stuff that I, believe it or not, do like. I like some of the cheese here. And this one's not one of the worst ones, but I, I think it's great. And it's a single for a reason. I think when I first listened to it, I, I kind of had high expectations for it. I'm like, okay, like I, I can kind of hear why this was the single. And then you listen to the rest of the album a couple times. And it's like, all right, it is one of the more standout tracks. So it's good. I like it. All right. We'll keep rolling here. Going to Coming Back to Life. how he does just a normal like strat solo there there's no like garbage on top of it the garbage i love i'll admit it but here it just feels like okay bringing me back down a little bit okay i can kind of i can get on board it's it's old school yeah it's yeah it's right yeah kind of right in the pocket um i don't know if you guys would agree that like that kind of strummy rhythm guitar part almost sounds again we're a few years away from that but uh Kind of like on "Can't Stop Loving You" off of Balance, oh, which yeah. is that it's that very bright, very it's almost a little too proud. That was Queenie. one, yeah. yeah no, I, it almost took me out, and I had to listen to the song a few times to kind of get into. Um, but man, the chord choices on here, especially in that part Kevin played, I just love the yeah, just the way Dave sings that, mm-hmm. uh, and even with the, and I don't think the song would have worked without the the effects on the vocal. It just it's it's, it's like momentary. It's got that fattening overproduction. Yeah. I just I I couldn't I couldn't see. Uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't hear the song without it. 
It's um, a well balanced <clears throat> song. Yeah, it's a Meta- simple. It's a simple song too. It's just like it's nothing too complicated, like chord yeah. progression wise. And I, I will say that this is the song that is the most of its time. It's like oh, that yeah. mid nineties yeah. pop kind of cheesy, inspirational, almost like. Christ, Christian rock, kind of, not like Creed Christian rock, but like I think I mentioned it before, like on an, on uh, <clears throat> maybe on a Van Halen one with like that Stephen Curtis Chapman guy, where it's kind of like that. You could see this being played like at a, at a church, like it's almost like a church <laughs> dance, with like the like, disco like a ball. church. But the, I but, totally but, see that, but like I, the eighth grade dance or something. Yeah, and I don't necessarily hate that. Like it's catchy, no. it's good. There's it's, a lot of warm blankets on this one, especially that line. Thine, where he's like dying to believe in what you heard, the way that it just kind of falls in with that. Cor- I love that part. Yeah, and I, I said, uh, and I love how the Hammond organ at the very end, as the song fades out, it just kind of like that's the last thing you hear. Like it's it's right. a good it, simple song, but it's great. It, it's a little cold and calculated, but I, I like you said, it's just yeah, it's got a great, just the chords he chooses, the way he sings. I mean, just kind of really pull you in, even if you're a little bit reluctant. Chris, About I think it. you're bordering on the criticism that you always had with Metallica and Van Halen. They should have sold the song to somebody else. Oh, we haven't yeah. heard that in a while. Is this the closest example to Pink Floyd Maybe. that you would say? It is. It is. I mean, I like yeah. I like how Dave sings, though. I mean, that's the thing. Because again, I was when, when, yeah when I the first time I listened to the song, I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay, you got the you got the overproduced guitar. Okay, you got this weird little country ditty, and then all of a sudden he starts singing, and it's like, oh, huh. And then he just gets into that part that Kevin played, and it's like, oh, man. And so this is one of the songs I kept coming back to just because I just love that. And it's just one of <laughs> those things do. where they can, they, <laughs> can, they can copy. I, I don't think they – I won't necessarily say they were copying anything, but, like, they're that band that can do so many different styles of songs. They can do the Beatles thing. They can do the Beach Boys thing. They can do the freaking punk thing, like on the oh. Nile song, The Who. They could meld and do all these styles so well. Yeah. But it's still like their thing. And this right. is another example of it. Even in a 94, like you can just meld in and do like a 90s kind of cheesy, inspirational, like Sarah McLaughlin ba- <laughs> yeah, ballad right. or something. But it's great. Like, I like it. <laughs> I, I like personally, I see this song a bit more in the era of 91, 92. Uh, like, I, I don't see that. Like, I see this like the seventh grade, 1990, or, you know, eighth grade class of 2000 or a 90, dance song like it just it still feels yeah, close closer to maybe it's just the guitar solo because you wouldn't have that in a 94 pop song yeah. and pink floyd's gonna do a guitar solo because it's dave and it's pink floyd but yeah, yeah to me like i i see that exact point but uh i would just debate 91 or 92 versus yeah. 94 i have a really yeah, was- weird history with this song i never really knew it existed for a long time and then Dad was watching. Oh, what, it was one of the bigger Pink Floyd cover bands out there because they had an incredible show. It was like was, a, Brit, was it Brit Floyd? Uh, it might have been Brit Floyd. It, it was unfortunately not us and Floyd. I would uh, uh, give Scott out uh, Scott a shout out, but it might have been <laughs> Brit Floyd because you know they had the whole. I know Austin Floyd has like the stage set up, but this is like. A, this is a major like HD shot, pro shot video for the whole thing. It was on TV. And this song came on, and I had kind of no idea what it was. I never really remembered. I'm like, what is this song? I don't remember this song at all. And, and you know, it sounded kind of like a later Pink Floyd song. And then it kind of kicked into it. I'm like, oh, I got to go listen to this again just because I was... I was like, oh, so this, take, yeah. yeah, it's like, let, let me go. It made me think and at least made, made me revisit the song. 
So I appreciate that. It's a cold lemonade on a hot summer day. Yeah, it's a nice. little too sugary, <laughs> but it, it just—it's refreshing. It is. And yeah, who doesn't I, like it? You know, it just—it's just—it's just pretty refreshing. Again, I came back to it a bunch of times. Yeah, just like either driving home or just I'm like because at first, like I said before, I'm like what the, what the hell is this? And I'm like, oh, huh. <laughs> and then it, yeah. I mean, I could see how if you're at the show and you, you, it's the kind of thing that you would, you know, one of those, you know, we've all been at shows where we're not exactly quite sure what song this is, but we kind of like this, it. This, gonna is, look yeah. this, up. this is, this is one of those songs where it's like you go see Pink Floyd, like you, like you're almost like a new fan. Like you're going with your dad, who's like been a huge fan, like your whole yeah. life. And he's taken you to your first Pink Floyd show. And you know, all the wall stuff, you know, all the uh dark side of the moon stuff you knew the wish you were here stuff and all of a sudden they bust out this kind of obscure 90s song but it's like this is the song where you're like i want to go back home after the concert and find out what that song was because that one was like a catchy one that got stuck in my head that i didn't know that's like this song for me yeah Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way it felt and i'm pretty sure alex you just linked the exact concert in the chat i'm pretty sure that was the performance so now i'm gonna have to go revisit that the memories I uh, want to watch that too. I'll watch it. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're gonna... watching Roger live. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're we're gonna go to uh, keep talking. I actually happen to like this one and it totally sounds like a B-side or outtake from a momentary lapse of reason. Uh, it sounds a lot like, like a yet another movie or a sorrow or a terminal frost, just with the kind of that drum beat and those background vocals and stuff. But I think the production, the synth sound, and especially that talk box, uh, it makes it work in the nineties, uh, I think. And I was mentioning to Kevin today. I'm like, uh, did I am I am I about to give a compliment to Nick because yeah, Nick the drum fill did he play on this? Nick does a drum fill at like 403. I don't know if you could play it four minutes and you hear it, but it's like this really quick snare to kick thing. I'm like, that was great. That was a great fill. Exactly. That was a great film. And we and we can't confirm yet it was uh, Nick. It was so since day one with Floyd, we've been burned. Every time we turn to kind of give the guy a compliment. (laughs) Nope, wasn't him. That was uh, studio (laughs) producer. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about the AI voice in this? 
Stephen. You know, Hawking. Like that soft yeah, voice. Yeah. <laughs> Does it work? I th- I think it like somehow ended up being timeless, even though it, it like, it's, it's it's such it a froggy terrible, thing to do, but it actually worked. <laughs> I I yeah, actually, it, I kind of like it. I, I didn't like it at first, but it's one of those things that grew on me. Yeah, and the I I, I guess that the fact that it's so synonymous with Stephen Hawking, I, I don't know. Oh, that yeah. it seems like that if somehow timeless, it fit in so. there. Yes, you know, if, if you're going to talk about somebody, that's like it's not just like they threw in the most popular guy of 1994 in there. What, like, yeah. I don't what, know who that would what, be. But. And thank you for the Richard Wright solo. Low effort as it was, <laughs> thank you for just giving some space to somebody else. Yeah, I hit and letting them have part. a moment. Uh, what did 19. you guys uh, what yeah, did you guys think of like the uh, the call and response yeah, with like with the ba- uh with like the backup singers and dave i don't know there's points i don't know where it just sounded kind of a little cheese ball yeah i don't know what do you what do you think uh, it sounds mm-hmm. a bit um actually roger waters-esque okay yeah i, I was trying so, i don't know, like again there's just it just left a weird taste in my mouth i don't know why if, it, if it's just they're trying too hard to sound like that yeah like that kind of part of the pink floyd character or whatever you want to call it uh and it feels like again like they've done this a bunch of times before too i don't know if they're just trying to i mean I know, that they pick up the pace again and and uh the percussion you know is, yeah is, is pretty well layered and, and nick it's it, brought up yeah. hey, i gotta look it up now i gotta make sure he played on this yeah it's, it's he gotta, he gotta comp- <laughs> want to confirm he didn't it alex you said he did because uh, i looked it up because i heard that phil and i'm like we need citations oh, I, <laughs> I need to find out who played that phil it's a simple phil but it was great and uh, yeah, it was Nick. Only took th- thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally decided three, he would zero. Hit the somebody, six, somebody hit the put so, somebody put a little caffeine in his bong or something. I don't know, but it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, scraping God. the resins and uh, happened to be some caffeine down there. Decided Maybe. to kick out a solo for once. Yeah, I guess they did play on this. All right. All right. We're gonna get to our last two songs then on this album before the afterword that is uh, The Endless River so this is Lost for Words There was an explicit symbol on this song on Apple Music. I'm like, yeah, oh. it stands out. It's pretty yeah. obvious. Um, this is this the song I think Alex that uh, you mentioned earlier that has just got that strong. You know what vibe I get from this? Metallica's oh. "Mama Said." Oh, you know what I have? Here you go. Here's one. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some flack with this one, especially with uh, some of the older fans. But uh, 
especially when it started getting really kind of leady at the end here, what I wrote, I, I said, uh, tasty guitar playing by Dave by, uh, I suppose, but I'm going to take one out of Mark's playbook here. It's a Saturday afternoon, yeah, about noon, one o'clock. You drive into the Arlington Heights Guitar Center. You poke around on the electrics a little bit. Oh, let's go into the acoustic room. You're in the acoustic room. You're checking out the new Taylors, maybe a Martin, perhaps. And there's this one person playing extra loud in the back corner of the room, and it's the freaking old guy just playing the acoustic, just noodling and singing out loud when you're trying to test out the guitars. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I didn't have a lot to say about this. I don't know if I was just running out of steam at this point. Uh, I don't know if I'm just the whole Pink Floyd thing is getting to me now or I just want to move on. Like Mark said after Metallica, like I just want to be done with metallica uh i just uh, at this point it just feels like they're as far as the melody like this is probably the one song off the record i think the only thing that anchored this song in my brain was just that profane profane verse where I, yeah where that's like it's which is sad because that's yeah that's the only thing i really remember from this the rest but of dave it is just to, got, to get your attention at this point yeah it, it, well it was out of it. i mean that's like oh, come on dave you're not you're not roger you're not profane you're you're the nice guy yeah. you're the guy who, who, who swoons us with uh with uh drenched uh lead guitar Anybody yeah. getting the, the penultimate vibes from this song? Because I feel like it's more of a closer. And then they're like, no, 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 wait, we got high hopes, too. That's a closer. Because I feel like Lost for Words is kind of like the original closer. It just has a very closing feel to it. Like, it just feels like a 90s closer. I kind of I kind of feel like that, actually. That that it's it couldn't I you couldn't put high hopes anywhere but the end. But I feel like yeah. there's no way you could put this in the first half of the album. Like mm-hmm. it's it kind of has to high hopes almost has to follow it in a way like I I don't know would you you can't have it opening up a side either not like we're in sides mm-hmm. like I said but yeah so I I follow that for sure but I just feel like this song this song is a journey like it just kind of it's, I know high hopes is the reflection song um but this just feels like kind of like coming home from a long summer trip. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of has that. Maybe it's just because the Mama Said music video, because it's just gave me a talk because Mama Said vibes. I don't Great know song. why. Um, but, you know, like that's kind of like what James is doing in that video. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's just the connection I made. But sure. No, I, I completely understand that, actually. Um, it This this entire album, and I, I know I'm completely biased, but this entire album feels like the summer to me just because, you know, riding around and, and driving around with this album and that's probably why I like some of these songs that have their issues. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's it's nice. It's just it's just not the vitamin not mem- D was memorable. working back in the day. <laughs> yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It was raising back the mood. When vitamin D used to mean something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now whatever. It's all cheap garbage. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. Go, ta- go go take a tablet for my vitamin D instead. We don't get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what what do we? I mean, ninety four is a. It just it, that's why it just it's just a weird time to put out a summer album. I suppose, but, but I don't. I suppose, but I also don't. You know, that's like you said, the benefit of having not. You know, I wasn't around in summer of '86 for fifty-one fifty, yeah. but I sure was in summer of twenty sixteen or whatever it was. You yeah, know, it, man, it's just weird <laughs> because about- Van Halen was a summer band that put out albums in summer in the summer of all summers in nineteen eighty-six and nineteen eighty-four and nineteen eighty-three. I mean, that just think Pink about Floyd puts yeah, it just. Yeah, I, mean, I just it, it works. I just looked yeah. at this. I, I had to look up top albums of nineteen ninety-four, and it's honestly pretty wild. 
you got Super Unknown by Soundgarden, probably their biggest album. Downward Spiral, Nine Inch Nails, Dookie by Green Day, the album that broke them. Uh, M- uh, Nirvana's MTV Unplugged, Vitology by Pearl Jam, R.E.M.'s Monster, Oasis's debut album, Grace by Jeff Buckley, Park Life, Blur, Purple. I mean, Weezer's Blue Album. It's like crazy how many huge albums came out this year. Jesus. Sounds like a list full of garbage to me. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, it sounds what? like a list of albums I've never that, that, heard. That's, an, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a major problem then. Jesus. Sixteen Stone by You haven't listened to any of these albums? So the biggest albums no. ever. Yeah, do no. it yeah, I like because I remember it like being in first grade and hearing that because uh, I think my sister had that album. Uh so I guess like it was funny. I, I know we were texting the other day. I said that uh, that I remember the uh, uh, like when the Spice Girls blew up uh, like in elementary school. But I do remember when Dookie came out as like a seven or eight year old. I don't because I remember my sister had it in her CD collection. Uh, first album I remember, yeah. or first song, Will Smith and Welcome to Miami or whatever. That song. Oh, God, you guys, That's- you you I'm jealous of Mark and Chris. You guys were of age to like experience all these huge albums of the 90s and you didn't listen to any of them no because i was in first grade i was into power rangers and all that garbage it is time to close out the division bell with high hopes so many times the grass was green the light was brighter the taste was sweeter the nights of wonder Yeah, this is just, uh, it just occurred to me earlier, and this would be kind of an odd conversation, but um, our comparison. But um, this almost kind of reminds me of Michael Jordan's last shot with the Bulls, where he made the, the shot to win the NBA championship. And it Against was his the final Jazz? shot, and he went out, yeah, and he yeah. just went out. And we don't really talk about the whole Wizards part, just like we don't really talk about Endless River. And like if this ended the Pink Floyd eras, like combined between Roger and Dave, like it's just I I think it's as perfect as you could end it. it. It's not derivative. It's not, you know, have a cigar part four. It really is just an excellent summation of uh, their career. Like it really does feel like an end, an ending song, a closing Uh, song. The movie is ending. Yeah, and it's and, it, and even at almost nine minutes, it doesn't feel like that. It's very, very strong, uh, yeah, 
very strong musically. Again, it has that almost like end credits, very yeah, to like this epic journey. And it's I don't, I don't know why they, it's nice they saved it for last because it was good. I mean, as far as a closer, the only thing I wish they would have had the courage to do, and I don't know like why they wouldn't have done it, but to to do the bike ending. Oh, just as far as or, a, or the uh, day of the life, just to kind of yeah. like just just have that explosion of sound. Like, remember, we're still we were remember yeah. our roots, you know, as a psychedelic yeah. band. Who knows at this point? I mean, because uh, I mean, I don't think anybody knew just a little over a decade later that Rick was going to pass away. But uh, uh, but I guess in retrospect, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, who, who, who knows if they wouldn't have would have kept going if they would have had that moment? They will and never the, know. The fact that they throw in that the endless river lyrics yeah. so prominently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. The, the whole, uh, I don't know, that this song is, it reminds me of, like, you get nostalgic. Like, we said that in previous discographies, but nostalgic for a time that you didn't even live in. You know, I'm nostalgic for Dave's childhood, even though it, you know, it wasn't mine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> then he was so, close to yours. Yes, I know. Something about <laughs> it. Right. But something yeah, was... about it, like the imagery of, you know, you know, him and his neighbors and just looking back throughout time, you know, throughout yeah. the the journey and throughout all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have zero connection to any of that, but yeah, it's where maybe it's makes you think music. of your own childhood and your own life. And yeah. you know, the, yeah. the tolling of the bell as the curtains come to the close here and that's it. It's still the, thrown the, in the yeah, endless river. Yeah. It's, it's still... it is kind of weird. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if Dave knew that, it, that, that there was the possibility that this could be kind of like a, uh, a summation song of like of everything that they've done. Cause it is kind of about that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, just reading up uh, from an interview he did where it's about kind of his formative years and kind of joining the band and kind of all that stuff that ultimately led to the band kind of falling apart at a certain point as far as that classic group of guys, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of reflecting and looking back. Yeah. I, yeah, I, uh, sadly, I think it's a very poignant piece. Uh, it almost has it reminds me a bit of like Queen and these are the days of our lives and that just kind of being like a famous yeah. last or among yeah. the last Freddie performances yeah yeah that, 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 that's melancholic but there, there there's a positivity because those guys were still together and kind of working and we're still a very tight unit we're here I mean you've got a line like this like our thoughts strayed with constantly and without boundary uh, the ringing of the division bell had begun I mean talking about at that point that it was already that that, that was going to be there that it wasn't going to be a smooth sailing ride that they were going to be on Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even reflecting that even he had those feelings that early, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like an author that writes the last chapter of their book or their novel, and they do it before they write the rest. They know where they want it to go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it yeah. almost feels like they had this song in their back pocket. Like he had written this song however many years ago, and like this is going to be the last one. Yeah, See, and talk about like a good I... talk about a good closure. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that, Mark, like. How we were kind of disagreeing on how we thought sorrow. I mean, it was one of the better closers, I think. I mean, I know you're a big fan of bike, but mm-hmm. you know, sorrow, I guess, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it compared to what else was on a momentary lapse, it was, I guess, one of the stronger ones, I, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one is just an epic closer. And yeah, if this was the last song that they ever put out, if Endless River never happened, which maybe some people would, I haven't listened, I've never listened to the album. So I'm just saying, I'm sure there's probably some people out there that. Thought they should have ended here on a high note, maybe not. But I love the bells and keys, and I love how at the very end, when 
Dave starts going ham on the lap steel, uh, how it gets a little Zeppelin-y almost. And mm-hmm. I was saying, as much as much as I love the production on this album, and I know this isn't really a band to do this, but this is just one of my own wishful thinking here. I think it would have been cool if they really intensified the volume and the power at the very end of the studio version of the song when he's soloing. And it just really kind of crescendos. It gets huge. And I imagine yeah. it would be really cool to see this one live because something tells me like the energy and like the big, the, the final push up to the yeah. top of the mountain comes in the live version where the studio version, it's not so much there, but it's great. I mean, probably and the Mark, best closer they ever did. That's where our dad would have been on that, seen that live. Yeah. yeah. He, he yep. saw them on this tour. Yeah, that's Mark, cool. yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he didn't uh, play this when we saw him, right? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. Really, did really he play not. any? Did he play anything off of the uh, division bell? Um, I can't remember. It actually, it actually says he's he's played like a great day for freedom, and I think a coming back to life. He's been had. Maybe in, what do you want from me? Or that one? Yeah. Oh yeah, they because he had the background uh, vocals for or, or vocalist for that. Uh. And this song, it just has a. I mean, they've tried this. You know, they tried this with sorrow. Uh, I mean, this just has a a timelessness to it that. I, it just doesn't feel like it was written in 94 to me. I don't know. I it could be, I'd, I'd, I'm just speculating, but. But this is, yeah. I, I don't know. This is why I like this album so much. Yes. Maybe some of this has been done before in the Pink Floyd discography. Obviously a lot of it has, as we've seen, but it just, it's just wrapped up so nicely. Like here it is, mm-hmm. you know, you can get a little taste of everything and you can get your final closer and that's it. I don't have to listen to everything, I, you know, necessarily. And maybe that's Mark's point about if you break this album off from the others and you haven't had to sit through all the other albums that we have, maybe that's why it, it translates better. So I don't know. Maybe that's where I'm at. I, one thing I love that part where it's I don't know if you consider that the chorus where it starts off with the grass was greener I love whatever that piano or drum where it I don't know what they did in the production but it just really punches through I know you can't really hear it on the uh, on the show but I, I was listening to it in my in my car with the with my the sound system in there and it just you could feel it I don't know what it was it's a very simple little thing but it just pumps that section I don't know it's like a yeah like a turbocharger yeah and you mentioned the grass is greener i just wrote that boy that just sits right in the prime of his range yeah like it's it, it just like the grass is green like it yeah. just it's just perfect for his voice and perfect for his uh like just just you know he he's not a screamer but it just feels like he's almost crying that line out yeah. like it just has such a you know a, a cry for the past or a, a not, not that he's doing that but it just kind of has that nostalgic cry to it yeah. I was actually just going to say real quick to answer your question. I looked up the set list of, from when you guys saw him, and he actually played three songs off Division Bell. He did What Do You Want From Me, High Hopes, and Coming Back to Life. So he did, he did. High Hopes. I don't I'll, to, I'll, I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we, we saw the one in the beginning of April, right? I was trying to, well, I can go look later. I've got my ticket to my little nerd booklet upstairs, but uh, I believe I, I believe it was, yeah. I, I think it was pretty much the same set the whole tour. I think it was I got to find that out because I want to I hear that. I don't know why, yeah, why I don't remember that. All right, but uh, that, that closes the chapter, closes the book yeah. on the division. Jordan's book. last shot. Yeah. yeah. It was good. This is for 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 a very kind of divisive record. I mean, that they did end it very well. Yeah, yeah agreed. I think it would have been a shame. Bef- it, would, it would have been a real shame if they would have like, did like some weird clunker, like you saw in like a lot of Van Halen records. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah. Like they, had, like they had to make a comeback album because people were not going to be satisfied with, you know, uh, Van Halen 3 or St. Anger. Like they had to do it where Pink Floyd didn't have to. Right. So can we cover uh, just the one extra song and a little bonus song that I'd like to throw out there? The end of the Pink Flo- of the uh, Roger Waters tree of Pink Floyd. I'll, it's one of my favorite songs, so I'll just throw out a little clip there. Uh, a closing song off of Roger Waters' solo album, Amused to Death. Uh, the end, well, I mean, he did put out a solo record in 2017, but let's just forget about that one because this is kind of the linear end of Pink Floyd uh, on that uh, tree of things. You guys have any thoughts on that uh, On that as a closer to the uh, great career? Great tune. tune. I've never uh, heard yeah, that song Je- before, before Je- and I liked it. I will say, though, that Jeff back on guitar, I think, on that track, Kind of, wow. kind of makes that that track. He uh, beefs it up a little bit. If, yeah, if, yeah <laughs> I, without his contribution, not not as strong. Still amazing song. Still it's great atmosphere. Um, but definitely a, a huge part of that song. Yeah, and that's kind of the benefit that Roger has is he can bring in a Jeff Beck. <laughs> you know, you can just be like, eh, you know, I'll bring in who I want, and it happens to be Jeff Beck. But, I mean, that's just a, yeah. you know, it, it definitely sounds a lot more 80s. I mean, the song was 92, but it's a lot less timeless than the Pink Floyd closer. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like I 80s agree. Peter Gabriel, you know, yeah, in, in, many, which is, in many ways, which is not a bad awesome. thing. Give me this stuff all day right here. <laughs> yes. Just quiet little uh, radio TV sounds or TV. Yeah, it's amused to death. But I mean, it's it's a, it's a good song. I kind of miss Raj. I don't to say it. There's Waylon Rogers again. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't need that. I didn't need that. <laughs> I, I have to say his. Uh, it's too soon. I will say that when I listened to it earlier today, I still love the song. But um, those Roger vocal inflections got to me a lot more than they did a decade ago. <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot more talking in that song that you didn't hear too during yeah, the song. But, but I, I it is his huge credit. It is for his solo moderating stuff. the concept. Yeah, finally, and, and he finally it, it, learned to moderate the concept. True, very true. Just, and it is his solo through. stuff, so he, you know what? Go ahead and talk through as much as you want because it's your it's your solo record. It's this your time to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that right. really, really officially closes Pink Floyd. Uh, well, 
close the uh, box on them and uh, let's move it to a seven for the buy. Chris, take it away. Okay. Uh, true or false? Uh, the name of the division bell comes from uh, the two church bells that ring each Sunday at Westminster Abbey. Yes, Mr. Kevin. False. You are correct. Yeah, it's uh, the bells that ring in the House of Parliament. Uh, I knew it was mo- going to be something like that. Yeah. I knew it. That's a classic Chris. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That, smug face. No, it's funny. That actually started out as a uh, multiple choice, but I'm like, no, you guys will know immediately because, yeah, the, <laughs> the correct answer is so, like, specific. Yeah. 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 Something I couldn't come up with. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, as tricky as I can get. Um, all right. That's one for Kevin. All right. Um, true or false? Uh, according to Rick Wright in an, in, uh, in an interview with MTV, the band struggled to come up with enough material for the album. True or false? Ah. Oh, that was Mark. It was. Uh, I'm going to say true. Uh, no, no, I'm going to say false. Oh, <laughs> what do you do? wait. Uh, I say you false. Heard, I, you I, heard I, him say I, uh, I did not hear Chris. I'm I going heard fa- that. I'm going false. I'm going false because what if it? they would have needed more material, they would have brought Rick Wright in a little bit more. Uh, so you're saying false? That's I'm your saying final. False, false. Yeah, take a false. See where that goes. Okay, you are correct. Actually, they okay. came up with quite a bit of material. Uh, I'm not sure. Should give, me, should give Should give him a half a half point. <laughs> I, I did not even hear you. I blurted right back into the mic. I did not hear you say anything. Okay, well it's just one, so he still needs to get two more. Yeah. Let's see. Just for that, I'm gonna give a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, this is a multiple choice. All right, Bob Ezrin has one writing credit on here. Uh, which song is it? Is it A, What Do You Want From Me? B, Coming Back to Life? C, Take It Back? Or D, Lost for Words? Oh. Yes, Mark. I'm pretty sure it's Lost for Words. Uh, you are incorrect. <laughs> uh, That's what it gets. Bombs out. Is it Take It Back? Album. Yeah, Take It Back, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So okay, we got Mark there. Uh, my plan. <laughs> my plan yeah, worked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 his, his little Just sinister laugh out there. He'll barge into it. Oh no. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Let me make sure I got all these done. All right. Um, okay. Uh, all right. True or false? Uh, like before, uh, the album was entirely recorded on David's houseboat, uh, the Astoria. False, some of it, I believe, was recorded at the Britannia Row. You are right, somebody ah. is doing his homework. <laughs> ah. Study for the test. Ah. All right, there we go. Okay, we got tie game right now. All right, let's see what else we got. Um, okay. All right, true or false? Uh, unlike momentary, the division bell charted at number one across the board. My horn wasn't loud enough. I am unsure about what across the board means. Yeah, can we get a clarification on that? (laughs) But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it did chart number one in US and UK, so I'm just gonna say true across the board. Okay, across the board. You're going. Oh, uh, come on, Chris. Come on. You're gonna tell me that it didn't chart number one in the Netherlands. What countries matter? Don't tell me it went number two in Netherlands. Yeah, it was number two in Madagascar. (laughs) All all the chart, all the the international charts charts that matter, and there were there were quite a few of them. (laughs) 
Oh man, Chris, come on. I'm just, I'm gonna stick with true. I, I feel no fine. Okay. I feel you fine. are you are correct. Yes. Yeah. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you look on the if you look on like uh, the grant or what is it the uh, the billboards. <sighs> Wikipedia page or whatever. Yeah, it charted. I think pretty much no, number one uh, okay. in all the major markets. Chris, you get me so nervous with these questions. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, right. He's right. Number one's across the board on Wikipedia. Okay. Oh, UK, Austria, or no, Austria, Australia. I don't know. Yeah, I, I went back and checked Austria. just to make sure I didn't miss one, but it hit all all the major ones were all number yep. one. That's right. All right. Okay. Next one. Okay, I got another. Uh, Okay, another multiple choice here. Uh, according to session player John Karen, which of these songs was a leftover from the momentary uh, recording sessions? Uh, was it A, Cluster One, B, A Great Day for Freedom, C, Marooned, or D, Lost for Words? Ooh, it's not the one that I thought it was. Oh. Uh, <laughs> If you, if you want, I'll be a nice guy and repeat them if you want. Yeah, please, yes, please, 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 yeah. please, please, please. Okay, uh, is it A, Cluster One, B, A Great Day for Freedom, uh, C, Marooned, or D, Lost for Words? Oh, man. Chris has got me on this one. <laughs> <sighs> All right, you know what? I, feel, uh, <laughs> I, I might be bombing out here. Might be bombing out here, but... All right, what's he- just because it sounds so much like Signs of Life, I'm going to go with Cluster One. Uh, you are incorrect, eh, unfortunately. I figured, I figured. It was actually the one, the one I was at least expecting. A Great Day for Freedom was actually something that was written during the uh, the momentary sessions. That is so not that means, one I would have picked. <laughs> yeah, ding, ding, ding goes t- to Mr. Kevin over there. All right. Because Alex does not get his wish. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. That is so okay. we got two buys for Mr. Kevin. All right. Let's move on. Hey, Alex, take it away. All right. We got a sound clip coming in. We do. And now, love it or flush it. All righty. Tonight's order, Chris, Mark, myself, Kevin. Let's start it off. Cluster one, the instrumental track opening the album. Christopher. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it just a basic love slash light squeeze. Um, I think it, yeah, it, it again, it's kind of like signs of life, but I, th- I think it fits here better as far as uh, the overall uh Audible theme of the record. All right. Mark, Mark, what do you think about this one? Uh, I, I don't know what to think about all of these because this is one of, this might be the first album we've ever done where I don't hate any song from the album. Mm. Like, I, I don't, like, there's no song on here that I'm just like, yeah, that's a terminate. That's easy. And right. Like, and this kind of yeah. is the one where it's just, yeah, but I terminated Signs of Life, and I feel like this has to stay. So it just gets the flush. I'll find out what to terminate later. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree. It didn't just it didn't do a whole lot, and I don't know. I don't know if I liked it that much more than Signs of Life, honestly. So give it the flush. And Kev. Well, yeah, I, I, I liked it l- less than Signs of Life, so I'm going to be breaking out the tea a little bit early tonight. Wow. Okay. All right, let's move it on over to track two. What do you want from me, Chris? 
Uh, yeah, I'll give it a love. I like how it kind of rocks, even if it's not very original. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it. <laughs> All right, Mark? You know what? The lack of originality gives it the T. I've decided where I want to use it. Wow, okay, it's on so, this one. I don't know. I just... I, uh, so I the like rock- it. So the uh, record has not started for the brothers yet. <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't started yet. All right, that's fair. Well, I'm going to give it a love as well. I actually happen to like this one. So, Kev? Yeah, mark me up for a love, too. All right, let's move it on over to Poles Apart, Chris. Uh, yeah, this is one that was kind of, I guess I should have said stocks on the rise for me earlier, but uh, I, I like this song. I like yeah, the, all the pieces kind of fit together. Uh-huh. Alright, Mark? Yeah, and uh, for that reason I give it the bye. Wow. I feel like this song covers a lot of ground. It doesn't get too old in seven minutes. Uh, really the second longest track on this album. Um, I, you know, I would buy High Hopes but I feel like that's going to be well covered by the rest of you guys, I hope. So uh, I'll buy this one. I think it might make my playlist uh, pretty unique. Yeah, originally this was going to be my buy, but then I think I actually switched it and is now that you guys did better explain that part halfway through it, uh, I'm going to give it the strongest of loves, but I don't think I'm going to buy it quite yet. So, Chris, or sorry, not Chris, Jesus, Kev. Uh, you know what? This is actually one that the discussion brought up for me a bit. So I'm going to give it a strong love where I might have before just given it a, you know, a regular light squeeze. All right, let's move on over to the Grammy Award winner. The only one in the Pink Floyd catalog track for Marooned. Chris, what do you think? Uh, oh, God. I, I don't know. This is, you know what, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah, hell with the Grammys. I'm going to flesh it. <laughs> yeah. A statement flush from the yeah, Chris. It, it, it's, it's on, yeah, it, I just felt there was just something missing. It, it just felt like a song that people just have really kind of pushed over the years. I just felt there was something that, that, that it was, it doesn't live up to its reputation. Yeah. 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 It, I'm going to give it a glance. Just a, oh, just a little gonna... <laughs> side eye. Just a little side eye. That's all. Just a, <laughs> just a, a it, it survives. I, yeah. I so like put, put, What can I say? We're going to put, you, so what you know, put G, G on you know the website? What, you, just, yeah. you, you know what this song is going to be? This is going to be the one where the Reddit's comments come in and they're going to be like you guys flush great gig in the sky in any color you like and now you're getting red and marooned i'm gonna give this one the yes. flush yeah <laughs> what? What? S- somebody all right all right here we have an email here. we have a comment board explain here. it to us here. Here. that's my question here that's my question a- answer it this way i have listened to 14 albums of pink floyd here just i i guess my question is why did this one win a Grammy? That's just my, my my only question. Maybe somebody can explain that to me. Is it because they hadn't put out an album in seven years and people were just like, oh, yeah, Pink Floyd, they put out an album. Of course, they've they got to win. They're one of the greatest bands of all time. Is it like kind of by default or is it well, actually because it like actually deserves it? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, I, I'm just very ignorant on the Grammys. and Well, I am. I don't know any. Thing. I don't. I don't want to watch them. Whatever. Um, and maybe maybe Pink Floyd fans don't it, care about Grammys, so maybe that's well, a stupid but question. But is it because it's instrumental? Like, is there a separate Grammy? Yeah, there category is. There is a category is, for instrumental. Yeah. 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 So maybe it just had some pretty weak competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, then, People weren't putting out instrumental music. So maybe Pink that's Floyd, true. Is, they're gonna win. Maybe that's it. 
Uh, there, there, there was no Kenny G that year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think Floyd was was <laughs> ripe for the. Uh, I guess regardless of the Grammy thing or not, it's just, I don't know. I, I didn't really stand out compared to like other stuff, I guess. I, I just didn't quite get it, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, who's next after me? Uh, Kev. Yeah, this is really hard. The song that got me into the album, I, I, I hate uh, the, the mist, you know, the mist is there. It's a strong calling. But this is unfortunately the song where I kind of wanted Dave to stop. So I think it gets the flush. I can't believe I'm the only one left standing on this one. I, I, I did not expect I, that. I was really close, but I'm just, I'm looking over the other tracks. Well, this is, whatever, go ahead. Yeah. All right, well, let's move it on over to A Great Day for Freedom. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I am going to... I think I'm going to flush this one, unfortunately. Politics are not his strong suit, and he should just stick to soloing and singing about I don't love or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly don't know what to tee on this album, but I don't know. Maybe there's a worse one on here. I'll just give it the flush. And you know what? Let me let, let me throw in a little asterisk. Let me throw a little asterisk in here because I think I'll I'll I'm probably gonna go and watch the Pulse concert and watch him play this live, and it'll grow on me. And I'll probably <laughs> like it after the fact. I'm just saying and it now. Chris's rubber glove. But as of right, go. but as of right keep, now, I don't remember what it sounds like. So there yeah, it goes. Yeah, keep keep the rubber glove on standby. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mark Cav, didn't go. Mark didn't uh, go yet. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Mark, just, okay. just pull the handle from me. No. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Chris's rubber glove. I'm using it. Okay. Giving it away. <laughs> Knew it was coming well, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did, did uh, you did you have any explanation on this one, Kev? Why you like this one, or did you kind of just not even bother with it? It's just one. I said it got stuck in my head. I think the song builds nicely. Um, it's one that kind of starts off quieter and then builds throughout the song. Um, and for whatever me. reason, I can sing sing the song. Any any lyrical you know. uh, loves on this one, or more musically you like? I think the the lyrics are fine. I don't have a problem with them. Um, when I read about like, oh yeah, the breakup of the Soviet Union and then the, you know, especially with Yugoslavia, the, you know, the race wars after the fact, I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't, eugenics and humanity go together. I only, I only ask, I only ask because I feel like the lyrics are really what does it for this song, and I would be remiss if we didn't cover it at least somewhat. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they push it maybe one way or the other for me. I think, I think I just criticized it. I think that was the only because I bring up one part that I thought it just sounds like Dave trying to write or Dave and his wife trying to write political lyrics, but not having Rogers kind of insight or Rogers uh, wit, his wit. Yeah. yeah. I hate Rogers wit. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag hate Rogers wit. wit. (laughs) All right, let's move it on over to track six. All 
sticky right wearing the inside out. Chris, what do you think? Boom! <laughs> yeah, okay. Was that was that uh, uh, descriptive enough? Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> wow. There's there's too much, and I think I've already already said most of it earlier. If uh, anybody wants to go back, which hopefully they will, and uh, yeah. How about Mark? It, it, it was a big failure, sadly. How, you know, if How about Mark on this one? That yeah. has my favorite Pink Floyd member prominently featured in it. And for a song that I've actually taken the time to learn the solo in the song, at some point I, I've, I've learned the solo on guitar. I, I don't know why I saw so much in this song before, but I just don't think it is quite enough to give it the flush. It is quite memorable. It doesn't quite fall into Alex's category of I can't remember how that goes. So it gets just a it gets a, it gets a slight love, a, a squeeze for me. Mm, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to give this one the flush, as I stated in my <laughs> opening comment. Head down. Yeah, sorry, 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 Rich. I love you, and you know I did. I warn you guys in my opening statement. Middle of the pack, sags a little. Jesus, sags sags a little bit. I got Richard Wright pulling tail on the mind. All right, let's bring it on over to <laughs> Kevin on this one. Mm, what do I do? What do I do? I've I've been hoping that the the debate has been able to sway me one way or the other. <sighs> yeah, you used your Terminate already, right? I did use my Terminate yeah, you, already. Yes, right, I, I terminated you could, you could, cluster hey, one. Hey, hey, you got two you got two Terminates. Though. Oh, I, two. I do. Yes, I do. Oh, God, what do I? Man, I'm not sure what to do here. I am just very unsure of what to do. I've never been unsure in this. Well, usually when know. I'm unsure, I do this. So I'm gonna do it. I'm buying this song. I knew that was something. Yeah. Whoa. I'm buying this song. I love this song. This song is incredible. I love the shifting viewpoints. I love the the somebody trapped inside their head. I love the sax. I love the call and response. I love how Dave comes in for the one verse and then just backs off for the side. Somebody is our chain. Somebody is an outsider. The the outsider just sees this guy. He's like, is he coming out of his shell? And then it goes right back to to Rick. Rick never speaks, so it's the perfect time. You know, he hasn't spoken since time. Since this is his song to come out. Yeah, you know, we're in the inside out. Yeah. He's pulling our chain. <laughs> He's yeah, I, no, I, I feel, I'm not. I, feel, I love Mr. This song. Mr. Funny Man. I, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad doing that to Rick, especially you know, knowing what happened, uh, you know, a little later on. But ah, sorry, I don't know. At that time, I just I didn't do it. So, all right, let's move it on over to track seven. <laughs> Take it back, Chris. What do you think? Big bye. Yeah, I don't think if I don't think you could charge me enough for this one. Yeah, it's just again, this is. Weirdly, one of the early Pink Floyd songs I remember growing up. I don't know where I heard it first time, but I, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's raining down blankets. That happen right. to be very warm. <laughs> okay, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I also, this is a song that I might have passed over uh, had we not been doing this uh, discussion and this, 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 this show, uh, but I'm glad that I found it. Big love for me. I'm actually going to give it a big love as well. I, I know that it's one of the bigger singles on the album, uh, but I'm just going to give it a big love. So, uh, Kev. 
I am also going to give it a big love. I always remember Mark and I waiting in between the Trivium and Dream Theater sets for that. that and they, they played this song <laughs> while the, the bands were switching up. That's uh, over, over the sound system. And I'm like, really? oh, yeah, this is that Pink that. Floyd song. Take it back. And I remember hearing other people in, in the audience remarking about the song that not many people knew what it was. And I'm like, oh, yeah, take it back by Pink Floyd. So I, I always have that memory. Mark doesn't remember that. Is that it before the drunk guy uh, came and sat next to you or after the drunk guy? I think that was before the drunk guy. The before the drunk who, guy. Who mercifully, who mercifully left. Yeah, and and yeah. just just went someplace else, but that's yeah, that's another story. All right, well, uh, let's bring it on over to track eight, coming back to life, Chris. Uh, if I would have had an extra buy, this would have been my second buy, but so I'm gonna give it a very big love. Uh, massive, another massive stocks on the rise. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one that it, it takes a while, but once you once you get it, it's just yeah. I just want to just want to put that on a uh, shuffle. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Mark. I have to pretty much agree word for word with Chris. Uh, I feel bad for continuously trashing Nick throughout the show, and uh, big props to him here. Thanks, Nick. Big love. Send your way. All right, and this is actually going to be my buy on the record. Nice. Uh, I, I I I didn't want to pick one of the obvious ones, and maybe this one is a little simplified in the songwriting, but. I kind of like that. I love the Hammond at the end, throwing a little nod there to to Rick. It, it is a little mid-90s inspirational cheese, but I think it's, they do it well. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's kind of, if I'm showing somebody 90s Floyd, I, I think this would maybe be a good one to do. So, big love. Excellent vocal work, Dave. Kev. I'm also going to give it a big love. I think it places well between Take It Back and and Keep Talking. Uh, very different feels from each one of these songs. And um, it kind of smooths that transition out a little bit if you're talking about track order, too. All right. Let's bring on over to track nine. Keep talking. Chris? Uh, this is... Yeah, this is a weird one because again, it feels like just again. Uh, you would think this would have been the leftover from uh, Momentary, and it wasn't. Uh, uh, again, on a very superficial level, I like it, so I guess I'll give it a very light love. Uh, yeah, the guitar playing is okay, but the vocals are the one thing that kind of keep me from giving it a full out big love here. Yeah. All right, Mark. Uh, yeah, th- uh, this song is a uh, obvious derivative, but it really has a. Um you know, I, I like the textures of it. Uh, give it enough of a love for me to survive. All right, and I'm going to do the same. I would be uh, hypocritical to not love this one since I love the momentary lap so much. And for anything else, gotta give a big love to my favorite, Nick Phil. So that's why it's, <laughs> that's why it's getting the love. Kev? Yeah, um, I've been waiting for the talk box to come back ever since it was, gosh, I don't even remember the album it first appeared in. But I always knew that it was coming back in this song. I'm giving it a big love. All right. Let's move on over to Lost for Words track time, Chris. Um, yeah, I'll give I'll give this a very light squeeze, uh, even though the only reason I remember it is for kind of very immature reasons. But <laughs> kind, of see, kind, of, kind of see Dave, Dave dropping the F-bombs is kind of, that was kind of a little bit shocking at first listen. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an inner again. It's 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 uniquely kind of uppity ballad. That's yeah, got some of these darker kind of undertones. I think Pink Floyd is 
done that enough times where I guess they've got to hold on it. Uh, doing like the like the happy melody and sad or dark lyrics, and I guess you got to throw it to him here. So yeah, right. so I'll give it a love. Mark, eh, flush. Mm. And this this one's gonna get the T for me, folks. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I, I. I, I I don't know. It just it didn't really do a whole lot for me. And I got to say, from take it back to the rest of the record, uh, it really picked the steam back up and it was all hits for me. And then there was this one here that was just kind of the outlier where it kind of ruined that uh, mm. that train they had going there a little bit. So I'm going to give it the T. Kev? Okay. So there we go. Oh, you're buying it. I'm buying the track. Yes. This I love this very- song. I'm sorry. Dude, I, yes, I, I, I absolutely a, having... <laughs> love this song. This song Why? is great, and I can I love confusing everybody with my buys. The, oh yes, the acoustic melody is infectious for me. I I just it breezes along for once. It's you know we've got <laughs> some long <laughs> songs here. Let's I love be Mark's look. <laughs> this, this is the most confusing decision that has been made on this show. <laughs> no, it is since not. Chris loving Low Man's lyric from Reload. In the midst of everyone else terminating it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've always, I, I've always loved this song before the show. You would rather have this song on your playlist than High Hopes. Well, why didn't everybody else buy High Hopes? Because I thought you were gonna buy High Hopes. That you shouldn't be holding <laughs> out for what I'm gonna do. That's why I bought Pulls Apart. What? How do you not buy High Hopes? It's the most. Yeah, I, I didn't buy. I didn't buy. I didn't buy that or take it back because I thought that was the obvious choices. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm. I wasn't gonna buy it because it's mm-hmm. the obvious choice. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we got a little bit of a family skirmish going on here, so we'll just give them some room. Celebrity (laughs) deathmatch. I'm lost for words. No, you're a butthead. No, you're a. I don't. I don't know. I'm lost for words. Everybody knows high hopes. Yes, it is incredible. Yes, it is a ten out of ten song. Everybody else wasted their buys on other stuff. They should have been buying high hopes while I buy the outside songs with my two buys. That's what I was thinking, but no, everybody Mm. else had to buy either songs. All right, well, let's wrap it up then with the <laughs> final song here, track 11, High Hopes, Chris. Uh, how can you not love this song? It's just it's just big and great. Yeah. All right. One of the few, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to take out my credit card and, uh, and use it because I don't want to buy anything off Endless River. I want to buy this. But I can't, and sadly, it will go unheard on the uh, Spotify <laughs> playlist. A big love for me. Yeah, you know, as, as great as the song is, I, I I don't know. Maybe I got to listen to it more. It's interesting, too, because going into this album, this was like the one song that I knew that like somebody mentioned. I don't know if it was Tim or what, but this is like the one song I knew. And it is fantastic. It's an epic closer. It's probably their best closer yet. But I wouldn't say it's like one of my f- absolute favorites on the album. So it's still going to get a love. But that's just kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, I'm going to give oh, it a big go. love. Okay, <laughs> no, okay. I'm gonna give it a big love. I'm gonna give All it a right. big love. I, I was considering doing Lost for Words and High Hopes as the buy, 
but I like wearing the inside out, and I think feel like that was an unexpected buy. I think it's Rick coming back yep. in the nineties. <laughs> it's Rick coming back in the nineties. I think that deserves a, a little bit of a, a shout out in the playlist. He hasn't disappeared completely. <laughs> Both of Kevin's buys were terminated at one point. So there's a lot of resurrection going. And on. And you know what? I also I also enjoy. I've been the contrarian this entire discography. And I'm tired of it, so I'm just going to be buying songs that people flush because I'm tired of it. <laughs> 14 freaking albums, and I just, I'm the one, episode 25, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Dawn, I'm giving it a two, and everybody's yucking it up like, no, tomorrow. Fine. When it comes you know, to the Division Bell, I'm taking the buys. Say, I don't I gotta care. Say, I got to say, it's funny that, I'm sorry, I got to do this, Kev. But it's just kind of funny that he was shitting on the final cut, saying that he just sees that whole album is Roger in the back of the pot belly with the suit on behind the <laughs> piano, and that is exactly what wearing the inside out is. <laughs> it is not. There's more just going swap on in Rick in there. the inside out. Yeah. <laughs> Roger was just there. Roger was just him and his stupid guitar. There's no way you can play wearing the inside out with just Rick and what his little piano. That's not possible. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, that's wearing the inside out. Just Rick at with the you, piano. At least you have other Rick, people Rick, singing. Rick with, the, Rick with the piano at the yeah, front Yeah, where does loud. the sax come in? Where does the Rick doesn't want to be there. That's the thing. Rick just know. got groupies on the mind. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I, I just had an image of like you know Schroeder what? from Scott Peanuts. Get Scott on. Get just. Scott on. I know he loves the wearing the inside out. So get he him does. on the show. I'm not he the does. only one. Scott, send us an email mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, set Chris right. I guess I gave it a side eye. I it's song. It's 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 okay. I've heard it enough. But uh, let's All throw right. in our Dick, new section here. Dick Perry's uh, what, on it. Dick Perry's yeah, on what, it. Yeah. What, what what do we take away from the album? I'll start it off. Uh, I will say that uh, my big takeaway from this album is to write your. Um, your career closer earlier on in your career. Keep that in your back pocket. You never know when you might need it. So that's what I'll take away. Write your high hopes right now. If you've got it, if the ideas are coming, then write it uh, because you never know. You know what? And, and and I, you know, I guess we've kind of commented on like some of these songs that they're nothing new and they're kind of reusing old ideas in certain songs. But from the bands that we've covered, Metallica and Van Halen. I mean, outside of like somebody like ACDC, like so many bands, big bands came into the 90s and started kind of following the trend. They were down tuning their guitars. Like you said, they were cutting their hair. And while there's stuff that I like about this and even one of my favorite bands ever, Rush, was even in a way kind of following that trend a little bit, maybe here and there. I got to give props for Pink Floyd. Just like you said, putting out a like a standard pretty up up the up the middle pink floyd album and not caring about what the trends are and i read off the list of what the big albums were of that year and they just did what they wanted so i'll give them props for sticking to it sure chris what are your what's your takeaway for this album um even at this point in their career i mean they're the pink floyd name still holds a lot of weight i mean this is probably what the longest wait between records yes seven years and mm. yeah, it just shows. Yeah, as long as you're, you've got a brand, I guess you can. Yeah, you can still move. Yeah, the units and people will still connect, <laughs> whether mm. it's good or not. I mean, yeah, this record, I would say, yeah, uh, has quite a few uh, weak moments on it. But uh, again, it's a perfect example of a band that's so big it just doesn't matter 
what they put out, it'll still connect. Yeah. I mean, it's the so Chris. Your takeaway is as long as you've sold enough units, you don't really have to try. Even the Mason philosophy, of life. yeah, <laughs> if you will, yeah, pretty and, much. I mean, this is. I mean, I was, and I kind of agree with some of the. And again, this is for my guy who loves a lot of ambient and new agey and kind of, yeah, where I, I feel it sometimes kind of over dominates this record. Um, yeah, to the point of almost becoming like a weird kind of like coffee house lounge record. Uh, <laughs> a few great moments on here, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's still compared to other legendary bands. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows if this wasn't a Pink Floyd record? I mean, how do you think it would have done? Probably, uh, people probably would have looked at it sideways, like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think it would have because uh, it doesn't have any. Cause like you said, I mean, for Pink Floyd, it sounds like a Pink Floyd record. In the context of, I guess, where they were, but you know, compared to like if just any other old prog band or whatever put would put this, out, I think it would have just gotten swept away. Just like, oh, that's a weird ambient record. Where the, where's the muscle? Where's the? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. too, it doesn't sound like this. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like that. It's like, where is it? But sure. again, because yeah, they the guys who are making this had a history. Uh, the pretty goddamn powerful <laughs> they were able they were they were able to yeah they were able to put it out there uh yeah kevin yeah, what, what's, what, what's your takeaway what do you bring from this album oh that, that's actually very tough because you've made some great points both you and alex and chris have actually made a lot of great points and it almost feels like the golden era like the swan song uh coming to an end here and that's almost my takeaway. Uh, this, you know, this is the like w- what's happening with the, with the big progressive rock bands anymore. Like, okay, Rush is kind of still doing their thing, but Genesis dead. Yes, you know, yes, they released Talk, but that that was it for them. That's for sure. After that, you know, they're giving you who knows what uh, some kind of mess. <laughs> they were oh, spotty oh, at oh, best. Oh, after yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Even talk was kind of an outlier. They're giving you open your eyes, and you know, how many other bands are? So, so this is kind of the end of the era, and that's almost my takeaway. If there's one way you're going to end, you're going to end on high hopes, and that's that's quite a way to go out, you know. Honestly, sure. it's, it's, end as you truly are, not as you aren't. Yes. So. so to Alex's point, also racking up Alex's point that don't end as a Soundgarden wannabe, uh, your Pink Floyd. And that would Just, be the worst way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I uh, got 30 seconds that represent this album and any change scores. Uh, I think I'm going to bump mine to a 6.5. Anybody else got a change? Uh, I think I'm going to stick it a six. Yeah. Especially after my last comment. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, I'll probably stay where I'm at. Like I, I gotta give them respect for it, but just I guess if I'm coming at this as, like I said, a first time listener, like how much would I go and revisit from this album? I guess just judging on it, album alone, and not really, I guess, viewing it so much as like within with the legacy. I guess that's kind of how I went on it, which might be a little unfair. That's why I gave it the rating it did. But if you're really looking at it, like big picture, kind of the swang song thing, it is the best way they could have done it. So. I'm going to stick to where I'm at, and, and anybody that's doubting out there right now, which I completely understand the Pink Floyd fatigue going on. Well, not even that. Maybe, I mean, there maybe are just, mixed reviews on this album. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying, so, like, maybe I just got into it because, you know, I just listened to this and momentary lapse of reason for, like, two years and nothing else from Pink Floyd. 
because I didn't feel like what else, you know, whatever that I had to listen to a billion times. And maybe that's why I like it. Now it's, you know, it's part of what I remember and it's high on the list already. So that's what, you know, where it lies as opposed to something that maybe I was like, ah, yeah, this, this journey is ending. So whatever, let's kind of, it's okay. So I, I will fully admit that I probably have bias with this. I do have bias with this album. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's for 30 sure. seconds. Do we go with uh, end of high hopes? Uh, I'd like to nominate at least the polls apart and um, uh, Richard Wright's moment of organness That is so good. Uh, what, <laughs> so, do, what do you think? Jesus. So, somebody played uh, what do you want for me? Somebody said that one was a good one, right? I do have one marked on here. Um, and take it back at 335. I don't know if you, whoever can get to there is quicker. <laughs> Kevin. 335. I take it back. Let me bring that up. is pretty great you know what that reminds me of boom panning over the audience man you know what that reminds me of holy mac i don't know why i didn't think about this uh that little clip have you guys all seen bill and ted's excellent adventure not in years yeah all right this is gonna be a deep cut of all deep cuts and maybe you just edit this part out but the very end of the movie when they do their presentation and they wrap it up and they're like, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. And then they play like that inspirational 80s song and everybody in the auditorium is going nuts. And then all like Genghis Khan and Joan <laughs> of Arc are coming out and they're they're kind of doing the final hurrah and coming to the front of the stage. That's what that part reminds me of. It's just little, that inspirational yeah. clouds opening. I think it's and I think Correct. that was good. Yeah, I think that was good. It's yeah, a good uh, thing. It's, it's a good it, thing. It, it captures, yeah, and it captures the vocal, which I think is important too. But I think it's a great transition for like going into the show is our opening clip. I, I really, I really I like, like it. I Let like me it. throw this one out there. You know what? I'm going to rescind that one. As much as I like it, it just yeah. does not represent the album at no. all. What do you guys... I, I, it is I a love great Richard Wright. It just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you want to do... What do you think? I mean, I think Take It Back, I, I think that's I think, a great... I think Take It Back is good because, like, they do get really kind of 90s and poppy on this album, and I think that that encapsulates I'm just, it. I'm just cracking up because I, I almost feel bad for High Hopes now. I thought somebody was going to buy it. Nobody bought I, it. Nobody 30 second it. But you know what? I guess everybody knows it. Like, if you're a Pink Yeah, Flit, but the thing Floyd about High Hopes is more representative of the album, where Take It Back is is not really representative of the concept. I know we've kind no, of moved away I, from the concept. But I think it's, but, but I think yeah. it, yeah, as far as musically, I think it's kind of, it's one of the stronger moments within that 
musical context of the record. Which 30 seconds would annoy Roger the most? Uh, I don't know, the beginning of Marooned. I don't know. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <laughs> and, and any of the verses talking about him? The Oh, the, the end of uh, Lost for Words. Or go. just any 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 thirty seconds of wearing the inside out. Yeah, open it's all open just my door to my enemies stuff that and he I helped put together. Ask them to wipe my slate clean. Wipe the slate. I clean. guess I guess I'll go on with it. I, I don't. I, I think it's too up tempo for a what? Take it back. Slow tempo. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it'll, I think it's great. I think it'll fit. Uh, yeah, nicely into the opening when once Kevin puts uh, the edits the show together. I think it'll sound. Uh, but yeah, we will be picking it up. Hopefully, you'll stick around for the endless river. Uh, <laughs> Not many did, but uh, it's the last Pink Floyd we may ever get. Um, so, yeah, that, with that said, we'll see you uh, many years later with the uh, afterthought to Pink Floyd, uh, The Endless River, next week. See you then.